Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. Today we're doing S5v22. To plea or not to plea. Hmm. That is the title of this episode. This episode really felt like the momentum was like, it's like we're right at the top of the hill now. Or mm. We're heading down. It's like you've just realized that the, the kettle is boiling. The, the water's hot. This episode kind of remind, reminded me a little of like the the end of season two, uh-huh. that like last stretch of episodes where there's just a certain feeling of like stuff like spiraling out of control. Like there's there's no way this doesn't lead to some sort of big explosion because you know shit's just going down left and right. Well, isn't that you think by design though? Isn't that what Martin, oh, yeah. Martin King said? Is that the end of season two is going to have a mirror effect of somewhat on season five? Um, yeah, can we go back to the haunted, creepy doll hospital? <laughs> At some point, I would love that. It, it, I don't know. Like this episode, it made me think of Brookhaven and just like yeah. how when the sh- when the show got to Brookhaven in season two, like it felt like it achieved a higher level of like paranoia and weirdness. Duncan and Arya is basically <laughs> uh, Vivian Darkbloom. Yeah, I just oh, yeah. I know it's a year later and like three real years later, but I really want to know what happened to the Arcade Fire's son. Whatever that kid, the arcade fire son, the kid, like the I don't even like to get sanded. Oh, my that mouth. kid. Why do you call him the arcade fire? Because he son? looks exactly like Win Butler. Okay, but like kidified. Oh, I mean that kid. He was just paid off by a. I know, he was, but he's still, a charlatan. He's effectively creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we start. Oh, it was written by Janelle Lennon, directed by Arthur Anderson. Um. It's a fascinating episode. So the episode starts the next day after the previous episode. Uh, we're in the meeting of the prison. There's Allison, her lawyer, Rebecca, uh, played by Lauren Toms, who was Ross's girlfriend, Julie, on Friends. I never and, liked her. Well, she was, you just, you knew that she was She's an way. obstacle. Yeah. yeah. And that's just, it's like, it's hard to judge her properly. But then Ross was a, such a shithole, too. Yeah, Ross. Uh, <sighs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Our Red Ross podcast. <laughs> uh, and he so, was never cool, but he just started to suck after a while. Yeah. Yeah, he got so creepy. Like, and three just, like, marriages. Goofy and, and weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time for some Hastings Dinner Theater. We're going to do a lot of these in this episode because there's a lot of two-handers mm. where we don't have a whole lot of commentary for the dialogue. So. Uh, appreciate this one um, as we're, I don't know three minutes into the podcast because this is the one that doesn't involve funny accents. <laughs> oh, did the others? Well, oh, I, I guess not. I guess I feel like yeah. it's just going to happen. There's no Toby in this episode. There's no Peter Hastings. It's just going to happen with Colin. Well, there's some Caleb. <laughs> Why well, isn't there? I should be around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have your Caleb voice. Yeah, that's right. I'm a Caleb voice. <laughs> that's your voice for like every tough guy who's not Toby. It's it's like Caleb and my Jake voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your Jake voice is a little bit more like Brooklyn. On, a little more on point, though. Sure. Um, so, so do you want to be uh, Rebecca the lawyer or Allie? Uh, I'll be Rebecca the lawyer. I don't want to deprive you of your spirit animal. Uh, Veronica reviewed your case and agrees with me. It's not a good idea to take the stand. How is telling the truth not a good idea? Internal struggle. Because you don't have anyone to back up your story. I told you, Cyrus Petrillo asked me to meet him at the time of the murder. He set me up. You also told the police he kidnapped you. And if you admit that lie, no jury will believe anything else you have to say. There's someone else. 
that can testify that I was set up. Who? Does Allie this... looks down. She doesn't say anything. Does this person know for a fact where you were at the time of the murder? No, but he... Line. Yeah, no matter how compelling their testimony, they won't be able to corroborate your story. I don't have all of the dialogue there for her. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, you should have told me. Um, so also, what? I'll say it real quick. I like how the word corroborate is only ever used when we're talking about alibis. How does this lawyer feel about Veronica just like parachuting in to step all over her case? I imagine. And be like, she, I approve of your defense, Rebecca I, from Friends. I imagine she's incredibly thankful. <laughs> this is basically, I need it in the stuff, but this is Adnan's like original lawyer on serial. This chick is, I think, probably terrible. Yeah, I don't listen to serial. Where were we? So what? So what? I'm just supposed to sit here and pray that you can poke holes in the prosecution's theory? There is another option. The DA is offering a plea bargain. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Kate Shatner. The DA is offering. Uh, What does that mean? Um, It means that if you plead guilty and take responsibility for your actions. Wait, they want me to admit to killing Mona? Yes, and they want you to name the person that helped you do it. Well, that's insane. If you do both, they'll give you 15 years. You could be out with 10 in 10 of good behavior. That's never going to happen. Good behavior? Yeah. <laughs> this is a big decision, and you should talk it over with your father. There's nothing to talk about because I did not kill Mona. I'm not advocating you take this, but I just need you to understand that the evidence against you is substantial. If we go to trial, the chances of you getting acquitted are not good. If you're found guilty, the prosecution will be seeking life without parole. The police are already building a case against the person they believe helped you. Who's that? Hannah Marin. Hmm. Hannah's in the crosshairs. You know, since the plea deal question is the crux of this episode, I would have maybe not released some of the promo pictures for the future episodes. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Also, I wish that they had brought back, like, D.A. Marsha Clark or somebody from her office because to do this scene. Because I always oh. <laughs> love that line. The deal expires the moment I walk out of this room. Mm-hmm. Like, that really gives an immediacy. Uh, so, yeah, after the credits. Well, the, the, the plea is interesting because you do a plea because you don't want a trial and that because you're hoping you're hoping to get Hannah rolled up in this, but it, it almost seems like they think Hannah is like the bigger fish. Right. You know, like if they can get Allie as like an accessory or something and they can get, you know, have her testify against Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they want. I mean, I feel like a lot of holes could easily be poked through this case though. Well, number one, they don't have a body. Yeah. There's no habeas corpus. Um, is you know maybe it's sketchy because it's Caleb is an actual bad guy, but I feel like Caleb does provide Hannah a certain alibi. I think she also needs the alibi for like the previous day with the actual renting of the storage unit or the bin. Mm-hmm. As it were, I mean, I was was that habeas corpus line a pun? Not intentionally. Okay. Um. So after the credits, we're in Melissa's flat in London. Uh, Spencer's like the, Melissa and Ren's flat is sister fuckery. Yeah. Uh, Spencer's like sitting at the table working on her laptop and Melissa comes in. Melissa's back. Uh, Pause for applause. Yeah, there should have been a lot more fanfare there. She should have just stopped and and, like waited there like Kramer, you know? Exactly. 
waited forever. Uh, Spencer's like, hi. Melissa sees that Spencer's bag's all packed, perplexed, because what's going on? I thought you were staying until Thursday. And Spencer's like, no, I'm sticking to my original plan. I'm going back today. And Melissa's like, I barely got a chance to see you. Besides, and, and we you, Tori DeVito. Yeah. Besides, didn't mom change your flight last night? Like, this is like the next day, the day that she was supposed to come back, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. where's Ren? <laughs> He's out of town. Is he still at his boss's place and wherever? Oh, and Spencer's like, oh, you know, I'm changing the flight back. Like, she should be a little curious that her mom's just, like, changing flights on her. Well, anytime that, like, Veronica and Melissa are in cahoots, Mm -hmm. you should be a little curious. But then, of course, we get the explanation. Melissa says, Spencer, mom went out of her way to track down her friend who works at St. Andrews. It wasn't easy getting you that interview. So there we go. That's why she has to say. Spencer's like, I don't want to go on another interview. Yesterday was embarrassing enough. I wonder, did she tell Melissa what happened? Yeah, I don't know. Like, did she actually tell about the broken butt blood vial? Or did she just kind of imply that she had an emergency and had to run out of the interview? She's like, hey, did you ever see the first scene of Carrie? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, I like how just like Oxford is, you know, a, a two hour train ride from London. Like St. Andrews is... A whole other island. What are you talking about? UK's tiny on a map. Pretty sure you can walk from one end to the other. Uh, Melissa says, it's not like you It's not like you to run away. Spencer, I know, would stay and nail it just to prove a point. I feel like she's really like buttering her up there. Well, preach it, Melissa. She's got a lot of work to undo uh, all the damage that Johnny Rotten did. True. True. Spencer's like, hey, I'm not running away. This just isn't a good time for me to be here. Melissa's like, why? Spencer says, because there's a lot going on with my friends and toby and she just kind of shakes her head and so it's time for some girl talk and let's take her a sister. seat yeah. yeah what's going on with toby and spencer says i don't know we're not really talking right now and melissa just kind of stares at her gives her some eyebrows and spencer's like he became a cop to try to protect me and now his job is ruining our relationship that's one way of looking at it well listen no it's like yo yeah that's a totally normal thing that happens in rosewood mm-hmm. i know i dated a cop yeah who was also <laughs> on trial for murder yeah and Melissa's like, sounds like being here is what you need. Sometimes relationships run their course, but you can't see it till you have a little distance. Everybody got that, shippers? <laughs> this is this is the uh, the Chekhov's gun on the mantle. She needs to just like turn and face the camera as she said that. Yeah. I'm Wait. speaking directly to you, Ezria and Spoby shippers. <laughs> Emerson, you're cool for now. Uh, so Spencer kind of, she's not really arguing this. She's like, it's not, it's not just about Toby. Melissa says, you know what the best part about living here has been for me? Aside from like no accountability of murdering someone. Yeah. Uh, it's getting a fresh start away from all that Rosewood drama. Uh, and Spencer's like, yeah, that must be nice. And Melissa says, you know, that could be your future too. Think about it as like a, a Hastings and Hastings in London spinoff. Mm-hmm. Don't miss out on the opportunity. Revenge is going to get canceled. ABC needs to show in that demo. Mm-hmm. The mouse owes us. Mm-hmm. Spencer's like, I don't know. It's another six-year contract. If they did cancel Revenge, I feel like you could move Emily Van Camp like right over to this show, like in the time jump scenario, and like not miss a beat. Like the character? Yeah, the character. I don't know if she could keep up with the PLLs. Just picture like. It starts off as like a, like an episode of Revenge, and she's doing her shenanigans and stuff. And, and it's boring end, as shit, and it takes place in the Hamptons. And at the end, she like runs into Spencer at a charity party, and she's just like 
Spencer Hastings. And she like breaks her glass <laughs> in her hand because she has like a long storied history there. Uh, that would be amazing. Also, why doesn't Melissa go to a, a country that has no extradition? Like, I feel like the, the other PLL universe, the UK has no extradition treaty. The other fabled glowing city in the PLL universe in Europe is Paris. I feel like that's mm-hmm. where Melissa should be. Yeah, but then you have the whole French problem. Well, she could accidentally run into Cece, like on a on a rude of <laughs> at the Eiffel Tower, of <laughs> <Incognito>. course. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> at the most famous landmark in France, yeah. They don't have mannequin legs, but they could beat each other to death with baguettes. Mm. Um, so meanwhile, we're at Rosewood High uh, during the day, we get a nice establishment shot outside, students walking around. Then we're inside an empty French classroom with Arya so, and Emily. So why is Arya in French class? Because she's also in Spanish, apparently. Arya's just in, loading. In the up last on episode, she's talking about having to conjugate Spanish verbs with yeah. Andrew. Well, that's she, what was she, was she just making that up, or that was the class that she was primarily? No, it was math. Sorry, it was math, and then she was also failing Spanish. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe she's failing Spanish because she's taking French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh shit, this makes so much more sense now. <laughs> What if she's like colorblind and like like she thought the flag was like the, the the Spanish flag for some reason I don't know. So Arya's wearing the dress and she doesn't understand. Yeah. First of all, why people think yeah. it's ugly, let alone like what color they're trying to nail it down as being. <laughs> um, yeah. So like we start off classically with Arya looking over her <laughs> shoulder to make sure no her one move. is listening. Yeah, and then Emily's like, Hannah says Allison doesn't know anyone named Varjak. Interesting. And, like, and do you believe that? And then I was like, well, why would she lie? Her life was on the line. And Arya, of course, because he's Arya, has to be like, yeah, so is Mike's. And I was like, we need to talk to Cyrus. If Varjak paid him to set up Allie, then Varjak knows who A is. And Arya Maybe. Said, yeah. Arya says that she called the hospital this morning and the nurse said that Cyrus had a setback. He's in the ICU. So Emily looks worried. Maybe Mike should tell the cops what he knows. Worried for their own situation, not for Cyrus in the slightest. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, and he's like, maybe Mike should tell the cops what he knows. And Arya freaks out. And, and then he winds up in jail with Allie. And uh, she's like, well, better than the ICU of Cyrus. And I really like, wanted Arya to just be like, yeah, I called the hospital this morning. Turns out he's dead. Anyway. <laughs> so my brother. Uh, Arya's like, well, I'm not letting Ilos happen to my brother. And he's like, well, maybe Ezra can help us. He did a lot of research for his skeezy book. Well, maybe it's funny how like, at some point. like Emily, she's getting no traction talking to Arya here. So she's like, hmm, better better switch it up to Ezria. Yeah. That'll that'll get you engaged, you know. You know, Even maybe though, Ezra can help us out. What's funny is like Emily should have known better cuz she's the one who's primarily witnessed from the fringes the the dissolution of mm-hmm. Ezria. I guess yeah, I think you're you're right. She's like throwing the name in to try to get Arya back on track, but like But, but I think she also eyes. she makes the mistake of bringing up the book. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it just like narrows her eyes as <laughs> this comes up. Well, but then so- yeah, so she's like, well, maybe he came across that name at some point. And I I keep getting hung up on this episode because Ezra is essentially the one who introduced the name into the mix. Yeah, it's, we'll get to that in a bit. But Arya kind of narrows her eyes. The bell rings and a bunch of students come in. And so they just have to sit down. I like how Arya, like, she can't help just, like, shooting another glare back at yeah, Emily. Yeah. Like, don't think I didn't forget uh, about that, that mention of the book. I'm not happy with you right now, Emily. Yeah. Uh, and then we're back to jolly old England. This flat full of sexual tension. Yeah, Colin comes into Spencer's room where she's like hanging clothes in the closet. He's just like, oh, hey, I'm just going to stand in the doorway to your room and just like smile like I'm the smuggest motherfucker in London. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Smuggest like, like primary school. Yeah. Also note the uh, 
there's just a little A on the uh, top of the like shelf or whatever that thing is next to him. Well, I like the set designers nice, having fun. Yeah, you get well, apparently it's in every episode. You get a nice glimpse down the hallway. Like this apartment must be huge. It's right in the middle of London too. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's like a fortune. Yeah, yeah. Well, it also also is she whose room is she staying in? Do they just have an extra room in the flat? I think they have an extra fully furnished room in the flat. You would think they would get another flatmate. Mm. Why? Why when Melissa has a perfectly good little sister to pimp out to their to their flatmate? Like, what is she like interning or something? No, I think she she did the internship, and this is the actual. Did she ever job. graduate? Uh, grad school? Who knows? But remember, it was the choice between San Francisco or London. Hence the uh, the coat, which was best for all. Yeah. Season. Well, was that an internship or a job, though? I thought she did the internship, and this was now the job. Huh. What is she even doing? Uh, Ren. She like work. For, yeah. She worked for the Queen or something. <laughs> Don't they all work for the Queen? Mm-hmm. Um. But I like that. Like also, the apartment looks vaguely like Spencer's house. Um. So Colin- now this looks more like um another set because there's brick walls i'm trying to think of which set this looks like because there's brick walls in the background maybe like Ezra's apartment yeah that's caleb's place now <laughs> it actually kind of looks a little like ren's old place way back when ren had a place that oh that's super he had a pretty nice apartment too mm-hmm. yeah which was like two stories as well um so colin he's leaning against the door frame he's like so i'll take it melissa convince you to stay um you're having a bit of a day <laughs> Spencer says, yeah, well, she can be very persuasive. Uh, and she's got a little bit of the old guard up now. A little suspicious of this asshole. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. You, you do the accent. Listen, Andrews is a wicked school. You'll love it. And Kate found her princess, so who knows? Maybe you will, too. Spencer's <laughs> like, Harry, that fucking chode, please. I think you mean William, right? No, Harry. Well, Harry's the single one. Yeah, but princess kate or duchess kate no i know so like maybe spencer will too like oh she's gonna find prince harry there like why well i i think it's more like put your put your mind i could see i mean i'm not saying that prince william is as big of a chode as harry is but still i mean neither of them are particularly catch i have nothing nice to say about harry except for the fact that unlike william he still has all his hair yeah but he's like going to parties dressed as a nazi like, you don't want to date that guy. Oh, he's just like the classic like younger brother like asshole. Um, mm-hmm. he's ginger too. He's yeah, but <laughs> I like the idea though that Spencer and like Emma Watson could be competing for the same guys, and then just decide why are we fighting? We should be dating each other. Yes, I ship it. Mm-hmm. Um, Spencer's like, well, a girl can dream, but with like just sneer on her face. <laughs> so listen, I have an extra ticket to the theater tonight, and my mate dropped out this morning. Gotta go with me. Well, she's just like, oh, thanks, asshole. That's why I'm going to college to find a man. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he's just laughing. He's he's so pleased with himself. Uh, and yeah, he has a, a mate who dropped out because I'm I'm so sure these guys were gonna go see a Shakespeare play tonight. Like that was gonna happen until he dropped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spencer's like, oh, I would love to. I but I should probably stay in and prep for my interview. Yeah, no, no, of course. It's just that Melissa mentioned that you like Shakespeare, so... I don't like Shakespeare. I love Shakespeare. And then the smuggest man in Britain's like, they're doing Hamlet at the RSC. Spencer's just like blown away. She's like, seriously, oh my gosh. You know, seeing a play with the Royal Shakespeare Company is on my bucket list. 
I didn't know that 18 year olds had bucket lists. Is is that an American thing? So does is this confirmation that Spencer's 18? Uh, I mean, this and something else later in the episode, I feel like that's more or less a confirmation. I mean, it is like, what, April or maybe May by now on the show? So that's not... I feel like most of them are 18 now, right? I don't know. I don't know that a lot of... I don't think he fully knows, though. I think he's just guesstimating. I mean, he could have, like... He's it, not my final We're gonna We're going to find out that he's gotten some info from Melissa, so I guess I'm, I'm assuming that maybe Melissa told him. He's just like, by the by, Melissa, is she legal? Well, Spencer is past legal in England. That's why she does some of the things she does in this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. The ages for Yeah, that, like, things. laminated on a card you carry in your wallet? <laughs> the Romeo and Juliet laws of other mm-hmm. countries. <laughs> uh, so Spencer's like, uh, you know, you know, is this an American thing? No, it's a Hastings thing. I've had mine since I was six. And Hamlet's my favorite. I always oh, get a little thrill whenever Hastings is dropped as like an explanation unto itself. You know, it's a Hastings thing. A Hastings never pays their debts. Yeah. Also, um, how do you think Spencer feels about Ophelia? Oh, Spencer could probably go on and on about <laughs> Ophelia. Oh, I bet she could go on. That one's for remembrance. Yeah. Um, well, then, it must be fate. Yeah, it's fate. Or you knew I like Shakespeare, and you talked to Melissa, one of those two. Uh, so she gets a big old happy Spencer grin on her face, and she's like, okay, yeah, I can prep for my interview tomorrow, but I would like to pay for my ticket. That's not necessary. But if you'd really like to thank me, you can buy me a pint after and surrender your maidenhead. Mm-hmm. maybe stick your tongue on my date uh we'll leave at seven he's just he's smiling so much i just like he's, he's just annoying me in the scene like the whole time like stop smiling like you're so goddamn pleased with yourself well this guy is gonna go off to school he's gonna shape young english minds and steal some more of their biscuits mm-hmm. as um, they're having a bit of a day yeah so i get to hannah's house hannah's like marching down the stairs and she can overhear veronica hastings in her kitchen saying to ashley i want you to hear this from me but if we want to ask, this conversation didn't happen. Now she's like, okay. And Hannah hey, gets down we, the stairs. Should we talk about what Hannah's wearing here? How would you describe it? I would describe it as like knee-high black boots and a black mini skirt with like a, like a nightgown slash bathrobe like over it. Like it's a really weird thing where it's it's like she's not exactly wearing a dress she just has like this big flowing robe like silky satiny thing over the miniskirt i feel like this outfit was sold to the plo like like costuming people with the express understanding that you have to have a wind machine with this outfit. Mm-hmm. there's like, a it's supposed to be flowing there's costuming. like it's kind of hard to tell because it's in like kind of like grays and like dark blues but there's like a birds on it like bird pattern hmm which seems like more of a Spencer thing, but yeah. So yeah. Anyway, Ashley's in the kitchen with Veronica. <laughs> Hannah's gonna eavesdrop. When they're alive, it's a it's a Spencer thing. When mm-hmm. they're dead, it's an Arya thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, did you notice that uh, her makeup seems different? It's like seems heavier. Yeah, heavier, like redder lips, and like especially her like raccoon eyes. It's like it's really thickly on there. Yeah, it's not the it's not the usual like. Well, I don't want to say naturalistic, but mm-hmm. yeah, it seems heavier than Hannah's usual makeup. Yeah, so Veronica in the kitchen says, is Hannah at school? <laughs> As if. 
and Ashley's like, no, she's up in her room. She has study hall first period. But didn't you want Ashley to be like, oh, Hannah? No, she's eavesdropping from the next room. That's how mm-hmm. it's done in our house. <laughs> they have a like a specially designed like foyer area where you can, it's like, you know, there's two entrances, so you can just circle around if something's that, coming. The architect designed this house for maximum listening in on everything. Mm-hmm. You can't do shit in this house without somebody being aware of it. It's amazing that Ashley wasn't aware that Caleb was in there for as long as he was. He's just living in the walls. Yeah. So uh, Veronica says, Allison's been offered a plea bargain. Part of the deal is to name her accomplice. Spoke to a friend of the DA. They think it's Hannah. Hannah's, of course, shocked out in the hallway there. And Ashley's like, Hannah? Uh, no, never in a million years would she hurt Hannah. Uh, it's like or mona sorry hannah won't hurt hannah <laughs> yeah well it's like seriously just uh show the flashbacks to the jury and i think they'd all agree that hannah and mona are otp well also if i remember correctly <laughs> last season mona did like jump on the grenade to like save ashley for hannah mm-hmm. so i would feel like there's another like poke in the hole of this defense or this this offense yeah. yeah so veronica says you know i'm not saying that she did there's a lot of lawyers saying that in this episode i feel like i'm not saying he did but the police has have evidence what evidence and well, veronica says oh sorry god oh see season five veronica's smart she's a pragmatist she's just hedging her bets you don't know mm-hmm. what the fuck these girls are up to yesterday that little bitch aria paid me a dollar <laughs> a dollar for consultation. and i took it because i'm terrified of her and she scared the shit out of me about what my daughter's up to. <laughs> Rock says, yeah, I don't know all of it, but I heard that Tanner found what she thought were the remains of a body in a barrel of acid. The barrel was in a storage unit, and Tan- Tanner saw Hannah outside the unit that same day. Ashley's just, like, speechless. And Rock says, yesterday, tests were confirmed that there were bone fragments in the acid. They were too small to get any DNA, but Tanner believes it's Moda. Okay, people who've been bitching about the barrel for five episodes, that's what was in the barrel. Basically, probably nothing. I, mean, I feel like if it, if it was Mona, they would have told us it was Mona. Right. You know, this is, like, I, I think we talked about this before. Like, if we we're going to see a Mona body, I feel like it's almost a guarantee it's going to be in some sort of weird, like, doll, like, dress-up thing or something. Or she's, like, been, like, turned into, like, taxidermy porcelain. Like, it's going to be fucking creepy. It's not just going to be like she dissolved in a barrel. I think we've been talking. I don't know if we've ever actually said it on the podcast, but that's been our theory about the finale. Is that you're finally going to find the body in the finale, yeah. And it's going to be this, like, puppeteer, Mm -hmm. taxidermy, Super creepy, yeah. Yeah, the Mindhunters. Remember that terrible movie? Oh, yeah. Saw it in theater. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, out in the foyer... Hannah kind of closes her eyes. She's feeling the grief all over because it's like they they're getting closer and closer and closer to really finally saying we're sure Mona's dead. You know, but it's also, like it's like a, just another little string got cut for Hannah there. And on top of it, Hannah, you know, could go down for this murder. But like actually, mm-hmm. she's just like that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation for why Hannah was there. One that has nothing to do with Mona or Allison. Hannah's even speak to Allison. And Veronica's like looking at Ash here. Veronica's like, hmm. It was like the utmost of pity for her naivete. And she's like, Hannah visited Allison in jail twice. And in the hallway, we see Allison or Hannah close her eyes, like pained by yeah, the Just like grimace. Like, that, those, that those details exist and they're now known by her poor mother. So Hannah starts like moving towards the front door. And Veronica's like, I know this isn't easy to hear. 
you have to prepare yourself in case Allison takes the plea. And Hannah like looks back one last time and goes out the front door. And Veronica's like, I can certainly recommend an excellent defense attorney. And Ashley just sighs, like battered who? by this news. You, Veronica? Well, no, I think I think Veronica. I mean, somebody else, I guess. I feel like Veronica's like learned her lesson in representing some of these people. Veronica's like, it's amazing. None of my clients ever make it to trial. Either new evidence exonerates them or they end up dead. One of those yeah. two. Yeah. Anyway, you want to hire me? Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, technically, I have a lot of wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really like the shots there of like Hannah on the like, threshold of the kitchen listening in. I, I thought they did a good job like framing her face. Um, mm-hmm. So we got to Rosewood High. We're in the courtyard. We see Emily and Hannah talking in the foreground. Arya's in the background of her phone, and Hannah, stealing Arya's line, or being Arya, says, <laughs> I can't believe this is happening to me. And Emily's like, Allison is not going to take the plea. She's innocent, and she knows Mona planned the scheme. And Hannah's like, Emily's totally back to defending Allie's virtue now. She's she's back in it. Yeah. And Hannah's like, well, it's not going to be easy to prove. And Emily's like, even if she doesn't take the plea, or even if she does take the plea, she won't name you to help her. She wouldn't sink that low. It's like, have you met Allison? girl survives no i i I gotta back up Allie here because hannah's like well i would i i want to believe that but we all know that Allie looks out for herself first and i'm the easy target but it's like you know Allie has never dimed you guys out before uh they should really trust her a little more like she she hasn't talked about the aria thing with shauna at all like she's kept her mouth shut i feel like though she's on the cusp of it not necessarily specifically like like rolling over on all of them but uh well, like, as, as we'll see in this episode, she's under duress, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, she's she's had plenty of chances that she wanted, uh, but Allie, she's a she knows the liar code. Well, so what she does she say? What does she reveal about Cyrus and not tell the rest? Just to say that she she dropped Cyrus in their lap to give them a, a name and a face because she doesn't know who her actual kidnapper was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Emily's like, I'll go to jail and talk to her. And Hannah's like, no, I'll go. Maybe if she sees me, it'll make it harder for her to ruin my life. Hmm. And Emily's like, you can't go, Hannah. You know, you're just going to give Tanner more ammo. And Hannah's phone rings as Arya's getting off her phone. It's Ashley, so she declines it. Uh, nice year-specific iOS 5 shot there. That would be, theoretically, what OS would be running on her phone. But then I'm, there's Arya's phone. Well, I'm impressed that for, for whatever reason, they went to the effort to get an iOS 5 phone. Which yeah. is, For I don't Hannah. know. But doesn't isn't Arya have like a more up to date? No, I think Arya's Arya's does too. Like I feel like they screwed up in a few episodes, but then they I think they like learned their lesson because all the recent ones have been accurate. So, what would bother you more, like uh, uh, like Byzantine iOS displays or like character blatantly holding their phone upside down? <laughs> Well, and of course, I did go and check, uh, and it's like, that's not iOS 4, that's not iOS 6, it's iOS 5. That's, you can tell by the Maps icon. That's commitment on a mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Ari gets off the phone. Um, she comes back over the group. Uh, she was apparently on the phone with Jason Durant this whole time. Hannah's like, well, what did Jason say? <laughs> what kind of phone call is that? Yeah. Ari's like, like, you can't tell, but I'm just staring at you over the phone. <laughs> being weird as jason uh aria's like well her dad's of her right now she's not taking any other visitors and i mean, like why would she do that and Hannah's like because she doesn't want to face us and aria's like you guys jason said that her lawyer got her so rattled about the trial she's considering taking the plea and hannah's just like fuck but is aria just like trolling them yeah basically <laughs> she's like it went to voicemail actually <laughs> 
Um, so after the commercial, we're back at Rosewood High in the hallway. Emily and Ari are coming around the corner. They pass a poster about how we need to stop cyberbullying. Add a um, friend. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily's like, I'm going to call Spencer. And Ari's like, no. If you tell her about the plea, she'll either bomb her interview or skip it and come home. Do you seriously want to be the responsible for her not getting the St. Andrews? How and Emily looks of you, Aria. You're, when it comes to not doing anything, you always have a good reason. I want Emily just to be like, Jesus, you're a bitch. <laughs> um, Emily says no, but Spencer will kill them if they don't tell her what's going on. Aria gets that, but they should just hold off until they know something more. Emily does this too. Yeah. Emily will sometimes be like, we should just hold off for like 48, 36, 72 hours until we know more. Aria's like, sometimes the best course of action is no action at all. Sometimes the best course of action is Neville Chamberlain Ezra. said that. Yeah. Uh, Emily's um, like, fine, we should go talk to Ezra. If he has any information on Varjak, we need to know it. And Aria's like, yeah, but I, I can't right now. I have a history test in a few minutes, and if I don't get my grade in, I might lose my spot at Savannah. That's a convenient excuse. Uh, and she goes through she opens her locker and a, a note falls out on the floor and like super ominous music like starts playing as she picks it up and, and, and or I say emily picks it up and reads it and emily's like good luck on your test hope your ankle's better and aria like yanks it out of her hands and it's, uh, emily kind of finishes the sentence and says dinner tonight andrew um so Ari has these pictures and things taped on the inside of her locker door can you make out who is in the bottom picture I'm pretty sure that no one we've seen on the show is in any of the pictures. I thought that I maybe... feel like this is like a like a production staff joke or something. Okay, I thought that maybe the top one was like Lucy Hale and Troy and Belisario, but the bottom one, like that girl, is clearly like a redhead. I'm pretty sure the top uh, maybe that's Lucy on the right. That's not Troy on the left. Okay, yeah. The only like redhead I could think of would, if it was like a production thing, would be uh, what is her name, Caitlin Brown, one of the writers, writers' mm-hmm. assistants. Anyway, um, so yeah, Arya like takes the note, inspects it, stashes in her locker, and she's like, "Yeah, Andrew Campbell." And Emily's bemused. <laughs> Being subtle, yeah. yeah. Emily's like, "Is there something going on between you two? So here, Arya, super guilty, is trying to play it off, but is also trying to act like Emily's the crazy one, and she's well, like, "He's helping me study." This is always the the best Arya moments when she's trying to lie so poorly. It's just a delight. Yeah. Uh, especially when it's about her love life. And Emily's not buying this. Just, you know. Uh, and Emily's like, yeah, besides that. And Arya's like, no. And she can't even make eye contact. <laughs> and Emily's like, so why is he asking you to dinner? And why are you blushing? And Arya's like, fine. We kissed. You happy? Uh it's funny, this is usually Spencer's job to like ferret out the, the love life gossip, but, but Spencer's also, in London. Arya has done this to Emily, and yeah. Emily's being a lot kinder in return. Emily needs to be like, you need to shut that down, Arya. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, Emily's having fun. She's like, you kissed him? And Arya's like, Em, do not look at me like that. And Emily just gapes at Arya, and she's like, what? He helped me with my ankle last night. He, he was comforting me, and I just got kind of got caught up in the moment. And he's like, yeah, but what about Ezra? I mean, I've been being nice to that douchebag because I thought you two were back together. And also, Ari, I want to raise. Yeah, and Ari's like, I don't know what's going on with us. I can't think about it right now. And she just shuts her locker, bell rings. And she's like, so you go talk to him. I'll meet up with you after the test. And he's like, okay. Uh, man, like, Ari's just like dip- dispatching Emily to go talk to her boyfriend because she doesn't want to. Yeah, Emily was gone from like flabbergasted and stunned to just, I think, a little... A little annoyed. Yeah, a little annoyed. So Caleb's apartment. Um, the initial setup here 
feels very like film noir on the blocking. Like I would love to see this scene in black and white because Hannah just like walks past oh, yeah. Caleb into the frame and she's just like tenor saw us both there. After she takes me down, she can go after you too, and it'd be all my fault. Because imagine she had like a cigarette in her mouth when she said that. Mm-hmm. Caleb's and, like, Hannah, calm down. Look, as far as we know, all Tanner has on you is her suspicion. If she had enough evidence to arrest you, she would have done it already. And he's trying to calm her down. And she's like, wait, so you're saying if Allie doesn't take the plea, that whole nightmare could go away? And Caleb's like, well, we have to find out what other evidence they have on you. And it's like, how? And Caleb's like, by talking to Toby. And Hannah's just like, we already went down that road with Toby. He's not going to tell us anything. And Caleb says, I'm not giving him a choice this time. Whoa, Hardy Bros drama. Oh, shit. Caleb's going to pull bro rank on Toby. Mm-hmm. And there's a knock at the door. Caleb opens it and just like leans back to like, you know, open the door further because it's Ashley Marin. And Ashley Marin is pissed. And Caleb's like, I'm getting the fuck away from this. So I think that the there was a deleted scene here where like Caleb or uh, not Caleb, but Toby gets off work from the cops, comes home to his unfinished loft apartment, gets that text from Caleb that's just like, yo, bro, I'm outside. And he like opens up the window and there's like Caleb like in the street in the rain mm-hmm. with a boombox. Toby, what are you doing? So at the brew, Ezra and Emily are like talking like right under one of those neon rear window brew signs. And Ezra's like, I never came across the name Varjak in any of my research. And Emily's like, damn. It's like, again, this is his pet literary name for Allison just because he's a pretentious douchebag. Oh, yeah. He's like, are you sure Allison didn't know him? Uh, or I'm sorry, I think Emily says this part. can't remember. Anyway, oh. Hannah found the Holly Varjak passport in your attic. And Emily's like, yeah, Ali said stuff was planted. Everything the lawyer gave us was a setup. So that is interesting. So everything they found in 513, the Christmas episode, was a setup, at least according to Allie. Yeah. So that letter from Bethany must have been fake as well, which means that maybe Allie had nothing to do with luring Bethany to Rosewood. Well, like, it's they like, could have written that. They never asked her about the comments made in Bethany's tape in um, taking this one to the grave, you know, True, although they've never had a good opportunity to. True. I mean, Hannah should have done that at the end of the last episode. But then we also It probably wasn't on her mind, though, you know? Yeah. We also don't know what was on the rest of Bethany's tape when Spencer Mm -hmm. rewound it and played it. But I want to say real quick, uh, we've never explicitly stated it before, but I've always liked how they started the Breakfast at Tiffany references, not just because they fit the show so wonderfully, but because like Truman Capote and Harper Lee were such good friends. I really like the idea that PLL was basically to kill a mockingbird, like teaming up with breakfast at Tiffany's to like take on in cold blood, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. So Ezra's like set up by Mona. And I was like, well, we don't know. It could have been Mona or a Ezra kind of does like this head roll. And he sigh. does this really bizarre, like eye and head tilt. He's, he's, his he's demeanor, doing weird stuff with like his neck in this episode. His demeanor in general is just interesting in this episode. And so our, Emily's like, are you sure you haven't seen his name in any of your research? I mean, can you please go back and take a look? And he's just like, Emily, I would remember that name because I'm a creep. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> he's like, I wrote a lot of breakfast at Tiffany's fanfic. Um, and Emily's like, no, I, I know you're a creep. It's just that I promised Hannah I'd help her and finding Barjack is our only hope. We have nothing else to go on. I it's mean, our only hope for this one episode. Yeah, Allie and Hannah could be convicted, and I could be next, or Arya. And Ezra's like, "What? Time to use my pedotective powers." Yeah, and he's like, "Mona's lawyer. Do you remember his name?" 
And he's like, uh, yeah, James Nealon. Why? It's amazing that I remember that. Three months later. (laughs) Ezra's like, Mona was working for A at the time, and I bet Nealon was in on it. Uh, And Emily kind of considers this. So James Nealon, he's just the new new target for the episode. The guy guy who had 45 seconds, if that is screen time, in the Christmas episode. That actor is happy. Yeah. He's like, Uh, I get to come back and I get to hold a gun? Awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's that's done your sizzle reel. Uh, so go back to Melissa's apartment in London. We're in Melissa's room. And uh, Spencer's like, I pack so fast. So I'm either going to look like I'm going to interview to so my interview or I'm running a 10K, which, LOL. I love the idea of when you talk about like the character's outfits to find their personality. Those are the differing extremes of Spencer Hastings. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, I don't know if this is Melissa's room or, or what. Well, she's going to the closet for clothes. I mean, it could be but Colin's room. Yeah, I don't even know whose room this is because Spencer was in here earlier. Um, anyway, Melissa is like looking for an outfit for Melissa for Spencer to wear for her date, which like so Melissa's cool with this. Like she's cool with her flatmate taking her young in high school sister out on a date. Well, this is such a I mean, like beyond like bearing a girl alive to protect your little sister and the tension that comes with that. Uh, Melissa's currently. Living with a man mm-hmm. who she was engaged to, but her sister made out <laughs> with several different occasions. Water under the bridge. Also, Melissa's previous husband who impregnated her. You know, they only mentioned it the one time, but after they broke up the first time, Spencer then dated him for a also, few Also, water under the bridge. Well, because Melissa's like, you know, neither of those going to do for not out in the town. Here, how's this? And she hands her like this kind of crimson dress thing. Like, is she gonna give her some like black lace underwear too, in case the night goes well? Like, I, yeah, what's I going just, on, Melissa? I just this is not normal. I don't think I wanted Melissa just to sell it with like a get it, girl. Yeah. So, like, theory, Colin is just like a a gigolo, or, like some chav that they hired to like keep Spencer distracted. That's why his accent's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, oh, he's he's British, so he's half fancy. Yeah, like like it's. It's like Melissa's totally cool with this guy taking her, his, her teenage yeah, high school it. sister out on a date, like giving her something nice to wear for it. I don't know. And she's like, Spencer, if you could seal the deal sooner rather than later, I'm paying this asshole 500 quid a day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every day of you is. By the way, day. can we can we discuss his can'ts and his won'ts? Um, so Spencer likes the dress. He's like, oh, it's great. Thank you. And Melissa says, isn't that what sisters are supposed to do? Share clothes and makeup tips and hook them up with the gigolo that we hired. Give you a proper English dicking. And Spencer's like, I don't know. We never did. And Melissa's like, oh, it's my fault. I never should have held on to that secret for so long. It's like, oh, you're, you're going to talk about it. You can see Spencer is so ill at ease with all this emotional frankness. <laughs> yeah, it's because Melissa's scary. Like, like, could you please put the veil back on this situation for me? Well, they're finally going to discuss this in person. You know, yeah. that little thing Melissa did. Spencer's like, why did you? And Melissa says, well, first I was protecting you. Then I was protecting myself. Mm-hmm. And Spencer kind of takes us in. They sit on the bed for some sister time. Spencer says, now, how do you get over something like that? And Melissa's like, you don't. I think about it every day. Um, and Spencer just kind of ponders this, which... It's a pretty awful thing, but Melissa did it for her, and so it makes Spencer feel even weirder, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Spencer's like, I-, I don't know if I could have done it if the roles were reversed. 
And Melissa says, well, you never know what you're capable of until you're in the situation. Doing something wrong can seem like the right thing when you're trying to help someone you love. Piling on a bit thick. Murder sisters. Yeah. Uh, And Spencer says, well, I'm hoping we can start over. And Melissa says, I'd like that. Uh, She seems so genuine, which is just like, watch out, Spence. Like, clearly there's a bear trap somewhere around here. Your sister's being way too nice to you. Yeah. And Spencer says, okay, but if it's going to work, there'll be no more lies between us. And Melissa's like, sounds refreshing. And they laugh and sniffle. And it's like, raise your hands if you think this is going to last. Well, this is... No lies between these two? Well, this is twice in two episodes that former antagonists have suggested a new start with caveats. So Mm. I'm sure this will work out fine. But I like that it's like, it's not really apparent to the other when one of them is kind of nonchalant about their sincerity and it just feels fucked up. I mean, because Spencer's basically said here, like, yeah, I I don't love you enough to murder somebody for you. (laughs) And Melissa's like, well, that's not the first time she's implied that either. Yeah. Like when Melissa came to Spencer that one time and it's like, you know, would you, who would you choose? Like your friends or me? And Spencer like didn't answer. Yeah. Well, it's just weird though when they're talking about dresses and like, you know, actual domestic situation between sisters. I mean, I, I like a lot of people, I think I'd be more comfortable if Melissa was smashing masks made of her own face while giving her sister mm-hmm. the okay to go nail this Ponzi British guy. Uh so we cut to James Dean's office where we see his name playing the desk. He's talking to Ezra. Oh, I love this scene. Okay now. Before you consider franchising, I suggest you open a second location in this area. That way you can oversee it. Build up the brand. Yeah, he's talking to Ezra about his franchising opportunities, which just, yeah, like his lame-ass used book coffee shop deserves a franchise. Well, just imagine there's a whole chain of pedo brews located (laughs) only in quaint little towns built over fictional hellmouths. And Ezra's like, oh, it makes sense to do that first. And uh, James Neal, the lawyer, says, and if that location's successful, franchising would be the next step. Well, honestly, as your lawyer and business affairs, I would advise you to sell the place, move to another state, and try to get back into teaching. Uh, he says, do you have any specific questions about how we st- structure our deals? Um, I noticed this guy has like a weird brass lamp behind Ezra here that has like an archery theme. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, like golden arrows that crossed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ezra leans forward. It's time for, time for business talk. Elbows on the desk. Yeah. No, actually, I have a few questions about Mona Vanderwall. And the lawyer goes stone face, and Ezra says, she's a client of yours, correct? And he's like, why are you asking? He's trying to be casual, but you can tell he's a little nervous. Like, he lost the, like, professional high ground here. Mm-hmm. And Ezra says, what I'm wondering is why she hired you to deliver a package in the event of her death. You're not a state lawyer. And the uh, lawyer says, what does this mean really about? Ezra says, did she hire you, or did someone pay you to lie and say that she did? And he's like, we're done here. He stands up, Ezra stands up, and Ezra says, an innocent girl is accused of murder, and I think the person who really hired you killed Mona, and if you just tell me who that is, you will save someone's life. And then he does this really weird, like, lip-licking thing. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. Like, it's a really weird, like, mm, I'm just going to start licking my lips and, like, give a weird expression at you now and freak you out. Uh, the lawyer isn't going for it. He just, like, walks over to the door and opens it, and he says, like, I suggest you leave before I call security. And the Fitz really needed to be like, like you even have security. Yeah. Uh, but instead, he's like, Mr. Nealon, you can tell me or you can tell the police. And then he blows him a kiss. And the lawyer's just like, wow, man, I can just feel the lack of gravitas coming out off you in waves of pretension. 
I'll I'm do so it. scared. Yeah, I'm down the number. I'm calling him right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so we're outside on the street outside Neelan's office. Arya's like parking her car and getting out of the car. She runs up to Emily, who's waiting outside her car. And Arya's like, hey, sorry, I got here as fast as I could. Emily says, you know, Ezra's in there talking to Neelan. So just then we see like Ezra coming out of out of Neelan's office in the background. And Emily asks if Arya's okay. And she well, because Arya gets all like kind of like hazy eyed and she sees Ezra like, oh, yeah. that guy. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Arya says, yeah, she hasn't seen Ezra in a while and doesn't want things be weird and i'm i think it's interesting here because we haven't really been sure over the past few weeks of which of them was avoiding the other i think both kind well, of i think the way the episodes progressed i assumed in each of them that it was ezra who was avoiding her but it seems like it's been kind of equal. i mean yeah. I, I think it's both i mean he kept going you know out of town constantly but then at the same time like she got They're into scad and she didn't she didn't tell him about it and so they're They've been kind of in this like holding pattern, yeah. Yeah. Um. So Emily's like, I mean, I don't sure. want to, I don't want to like excuse Ezra or anything, you know. Right. Emily's like, I'm sure it'll be fine, and I'm sure in Emily's head she's just thinking like, why did I say that? So Ezra, <laughs> Ezra walks up, and him and Arya hands in his coat pockets. He does that this whole episode. Yeah. Um. Is he, he back to being shady, Ezra? I know there's a lot of like a new round of Ezra's a theories that cropped up after this episode because people. Got- People like at the end of that last scene, he was just like, you know, tell me or tell the cops. And then like the scene ended and then now he's leaving and, and Ezra's going to say that, you know, he didn't get any info, but like maybe he did and we didn't see it. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure as the scene ended, it could have very well been where uh, uh, Neelan's like, wait, you're Varjack, aren't you? And Ezra's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> like, why are you keep flicking your lips, you asshole? You're like that one baker guy. Exactly. So, uh. They exchange some awkward haze, and it is awkward. There's a pause. So finally, Emily's just like, so what did he tell you? <laughs> yeah, it's killing Emily. She's like, how did I get stuck? It's the third wheel here. Again. Yeah, Ezra's like, oh, he wouldn't tell me anything. Good job, Ezra. <laughs> Pedotective on the case. He's like, oh, him? Yeah. It was a bus. I got nothing. Uh, then we, we see behind Ezra, Neil and Lisa's office, and Arya's just like, guys, look. And uh, Larry goes over and like quickly walks to his car. He's on the phone, and Emily's like, he sure is in a rush. Uh, and Arya runs back to her car and she's like, Hey, are you guys coming or not? And so they like rush back to Arya's car as Neelan gets into his car and takes off. Hot pursuit time. Which Neelan is not by any means like out of eyesight of them. Like he should easily be able to see them <laughs> watching him, but he's doing that thing where it's like you pretend to talk on your phone because you, you're hoping the other person won't bother you. Yeah. Well, I want to point out Arya runs back to her car yeah. headed for the driver's seat. Remember yeah. that. Arya's like... Or just remember that Arya was headed for the driver's seat when we pick up on these two, three later. Well, she drives later. No, 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 we'll get there. But Arya's like, hey, I heard about what happened to Caleb. <laughs> I'm not giving up my car. Uh, so meanwhile, in prison, Allison comes around a corner, like, heading to her cell. She passes by some totally sketchy-looking inmates. Yeah, there's a whole lot of, like, just, like, mean, like, sneering uh, you know, fellow inmates in this episode. Well, I mean... Giving her, like, stink eye. Let's get real. I thought that one convict was totally a guy at first. Yeah, I mean, bald, so it's kind of hard to tell. Bald, muscular, big. Mm-hmm. Um, these are some tough-looking extras. Congrats, PLO. Damn. Uh, anyways, those inmates give Allison some shitty looks, and she picks up on their bad vibes, proceeds to her cell anyways, which has been turned over. Like, all her shit's on the floor, the mattress is up against the wall, and just then, the the, the male like voice actor comes on the intercom. All inmates report to your cells for inspection. And Allison's like, shit. 
But she runs over and she turns the chair back over and she starts picking up stuff on the floor. She flips her mattress back down and she's there. She's got like some like moisturizer and like various like I think you like product. Like what is that exactly? It's lady stuff. You try to hold on to a little bit of Do they let you have that in jail? I'm sure they let you have a little bit of yeah. it. Anyway, she she pulls down the mattress from against the wall and we see that somebody's written on the wall behind the mattress take the plea in huge black letters mm-hmm. take the plea how is she going to explain that one to the guards she's like uh yeah <laughs> i was just like i'm trying to keep my options open mm-hmm. i just thought i would write that down oh you're gonna bust me for that aren't you mm-hmm. i just figured they would like dump some like contraband or something in there but it's an interesting message. I'm guessing we can all assume that this is what the $20 are for and all those Bibles. Yeah. I mean, I. Amongst other things. I, there's like all these weird theories out there where people are like, oh, it's Toby. Toby's A. That's how he got into the jail. And it's like, or A just paid a bunch of inmates to like do their shit for her. That that seems like the more likely option, which is why we had an A tag at the end of the last episode. I mean, if you go down that route, I think. People were saying, like, oh, Toby could be A because he'd gone to the jail before. But it didn't seem like it was a good fit for him. I don't think he could just slide in the jail that easily. Yeah. The more interesting detail was when he mentioned Tanner. And the guard there was just like, yeah, we know her. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the commercial, we're in the Marin house. Ashley opens the door, coming inside. Like, Hannah follows through. They're oh, do you want to do a- this scene? Sure. I think I have all of it. They're clearly about to have the big conversation. Well, Hannah has a, a look like she is just primed for misbehavior right now. Well, it's like she she wants to just storm right out of here or right into this or just something like she Tana's a runaway train mm-hmm. never coming back. Uh, All what right. do you want to be? Uh, I guess it'll be Ashley. Okay. You're not going anywhere until I get some answers. I already told you I had nothing to do with Mona's murder. And I said I believe you, but you're not making it easier for me. Why won't you tell me what you were doing at that storage unit? Because once you know, you can't unknow. Solid reason, Hannah. This isn't a debate. You don't have a choice. You need to tell me now. Mm. Hannah? Okay. I went there to move everything out of the unit. I thought Mona's bloody clothes would be there. Maybe her body... I thought you just said you had nothing to do with her death. I didn't. But someone put my name on the storage unit's lease, and they rented it the day before Mona was murdered. Who would do that? Allison? No. Someone is framing her, and now that person is trying to frame me. It's not a bad reveal by Hannah here. Like, she 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 teased a little bit, but she didn't like give away the whole A game or anything. You well, know? she can't she can't reveal A because if she does, like you know, yeah. Ashley will get hit by a car. But also, once she says A, my first thought is Ashley's going to be like, A? you mean Arya? Yeah. <laughs> but um, she... like, I love that this is like the, the reverse from the start of season four. You know? Well, yeah, I mean. Ashley's got to have at least a little bit of an understanding here, having been framed for murder herself. Having having been in the big house herself. I mean, because normally here I've been framed for murder, and it's like, oh, yeah, sure, buddy. But, like, Ashley's like, uh, yeah, yeah, me and my daughter could have that in common for sure. I mean, they could, that, there's a spinoff right there, Jailbirds. Um, they could even do the thing where, like, Allison's in her cell, and she looks at the wall, and, like, Ashley Marin's, like, carved her name, you know, from when <laughs> she was there last season. <laughs> Will the circle be unbroken? Exactly. Uh, so after the commercial, we're in an English pub. I believe that this pub is called The Pig and Thistle. <laughs> How very British. <laughs> yeah, and Spencer's getting some pints from the bartender. Uh, she says, thank you, and carries two beers over to the uh, table that 
Collins. Now, she, Spencer is grinning like a mad woman right now. Like, she's so pleased with herself. Um, also, she seems to be drinking something kind of light and golden. His is a little darker, redder. I don't know exactly what that translates to beer-wise, but there you go, in case you're wondering. Uh, now I really want a beer. Uh, <laughs> and Spencer's like, that was my first time buying beer legally. And she's like super jazzed about this. This country does have its perks. This guy's accent does not sound real. Like, I, I really think he's, like, secretly not posh or something. Well, you know, and, I think... And trying to pretend to be. A lot of Americans, when it comes to this kind of TV shows, we really, we abide by two English accents. Anthony Stewart Heads mm-hmm. and James Marsters, which yeah. is fake. <laughs> I really wanted somebody to, like, bump Colin and, like, he, like, you know, unconsciously reverts to like, hey, Chadland. He's like, here. <laughs> yeah, not not New York accent. Well, no, he's just like, you what, mate? I swear on me, mom. You know. Were we talking about how the the English actor who plays the cop and Arrow, like he gets more Brooklyny, like as that show progresses? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to call this guy like Oliver or Ollie or maybe Pip. Well, his I name like, is Oliver, isn't it? The yeah, actor? the actor's name. I feel like Colin, it just doesn't fit. I want to call him Ollie or Pip. Yeah. Mostly Pip. Or Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Trevor. So they sit down, they toast, and Spencer says to Hamlet. And he says, to, to revenge. revenge. Hmm. So do you think Spencer likes Hamlet for the revenge element, like the madness element, or like the existentialism? Or all three? All three. I mean, I... You know, Spencer has both of her parents, but off and on, one of them's absent enough that they might as well be a ghost. I really feel like they should work in, like, one of her parents having an uncle or a twin. I don't know. Like, there's so many, like, illusions, I feel like, to the Didn't we have, like, a great actor as, like, Peter Hastings' brother? Oh, I'm sure we did. Maybe it was Troy Baker. Um, Anyway, so they clink glasses, and they both kind of drink, and they're, they're happy. And Colin's like, you know, what you think? Spencer says, um, I thought the sets were really impressive. It's like the sets, and Spencer's like, mm-hmm. And he's like, right, so critical to any stellar Shakespearean production. She laughs, and she's like, okay, um, the lighting was really good. He's like, another aspect typically overlooked by most audiences. He didn't like it. And Spencer's like, no, I didn't. She laughs, like, man, she has chemistry with anyone. Uh, it's so nice to see her get to kind of be like flirty and relaxed with like not Toby and also not Johnny. But I like that she, they don't play like flirty Spencer who wants to Mm -hmm. have fun and get like, get attention. They don't ever play her as like playing down her intellect. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't, her voice doesn't get all baby doll high. She just gets giddier, but Mm -hmm. still incredibly intellectual. Yeah. And she's like, I really wanted to, I did. I just, and such a purist when it comes to Shakespeare, that scene in present day London, and he's just well, like, you wasn't your cup of tea? Spencer says, no, I mean, it was bad enough that we had to see Hamlet in jeans and a t-shirt, but did he really have to have a cell phone? And whose genius idea was it to have Claudius in Hamlet a text? Which that feels like some sort of like meta joke on the part of the writers, you know? That would be the directors, who happens to be my brother. Spencer's like stonefaced, like, you're joking, right? Very much so. I, I don't want to say he's not. He's like, actually, no. I'm going to let it ride, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, Spencer laughs, and she's relieved. And he's like, no, I mean, I thought it was total rubbish, too. I'm clearly more polite than you are. And Spencer's like, yeah. It's like, hey, she tells you how it is, Colin. You know, you better use she, that. 
she sips her beer like grinning like this like goon um <laughs> and she said well there was one thing that got me thinking like what if hamlet made it to england safely do you think he could have started over you know left all the darkness behind and create a new life for himself and he's like well i don't know about hamlet but i believe you can so then, does spencer see herself in a game of revenge that will end up killing her to win I think that she sees herself definitely trapped in a system that once she becomes aware of it, you know, she has to proceed through the machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, you know, she knows that, you know, it's not going to lead to something better for her if she falls through the role that she's being set about. Um, this so, paragon of animals. Yeah. Spencer smiles kind of grateful for him. That, oh, he says, well, I don't know about Hamlet, but I believe he can. So she smiles. And then behind them, some merry old blokes are clapping and cheering over a game of darts. And Spencer looks back and she's like, you want to play a game? And he's like, I put our names on the list while you were getting the pints, which he did. Actually, you can see his name on the wall behind her mm-hmm. um, and his accent slipping again. And he's like, oh, it looks like we're next. Spencer's like, nice. And she smiles, drinks some more. This is kind of like Spencer's own version of Arya and Ezra's pub date. I think we just need Patrick J. Adams to show up and like give Colin shit for trying to date a high school student. And then uh, the three of them go back to Ren and Melissa's flat. Sure. Um, I like how Melissa like drinks her beer. You mean Spencer? Kind of, I mean, yeah, sorry. Spencer so drinks her beer with this like conspiratorial glee. And of course, you have to love any allusions to Spencer and the Prince of Denmark. But the question for you is who would be the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the PLO world? Besides um, us, I mean. <laughs> Uh, who would be a tertiary enough character for that? Um, Noel Khan? Would is he too major? I don't know. Maybe. I think he thinks he is. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, Noel and Jenner are too too major of characters. It has to be like somebody super minor. But you know, um, up until I feel like up until this this half season, I would have said Andrew and the yeah guy from that kind of cattle. Yeah, Andrew's not bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Hannah's kitchen. Hannah's like sitting down at the table, like coming clean of Ashley, and she's like, uh, "Caleb and I were going to move the barrel out of the bin." But before There's that word again, bin. Before we could do it, Tanner and Toby showed up, and I really want Ashley to be like, "No one calls it a bin," but go mm-hmm. on. And Ashley's like, well, "Why didn't you tell us before you and Caleb went there?" And Hannah's like, "I didn't want to drag you into my mess." And Ashley's like, "Hannah, I'm your mother." It's my job to protect you. She's like, I will gladly run over a cop or rob a bank if you need to. Or have sex with anyone in those scenarios. Mm-hmm. Hannah's like, I'm sorry. And she's like, you understand how serious this is, right? And Hannah's like, yes. Do you have any idea who's doing this to you? And Hannah's like, well, I thought it was Allison, but it's not. I don't know who it is. And um, she still hasn't really revealed much except like the bare minimum to maintain her story here. Well, we'll get to this thing, but I love how we cut from that to this shot of Spencer's dart not quite hitting the bullseye on the dark <laughs> like of course you missed your target hannah in pll's but uh i find it interesting that there's i know there's no room for it but like how would ted react to all of this not well i don't think fuck ted but like you know i i read a, a great post on the pll subreddit recently like you know like the ted is a evidence because he went on vacation for three months just like a that and and other stuff too like he he showed up right you know in the start of season three mm-hmm. um a lot of stuff seems to come back to that fucking church yeah yeah i, I that would be i, I think that would, could be a, a satisfying reveal at least for so for, you know so we got the big a reveal coming up and poor i marlene king is is 
doing everything she can to hype it up, but it's like she can't really say anything. And I feel like no matter what it is, no matter how amazing it is, you know, to some people it's never some people good bitch, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's almost the show has done us such a good job as it should with setting up that so many characters could be A. Well, I think what a lot of people forget is that there's more than just A as far as intrigue on this show. Like one of the things that's fun about it is that you never know when some other character might you know, like a cousin Nate thing where it's like there there's a whole other potential sinister element that has nothing to do with A. You know, like Pastor Ted could turn out to be some creepy serial killer. Not related to A at all, but maybe he killed Mona for some other reason. You know, I mean there's or, or there's a, or or maybe he killed uh Jessica. But like the theory that we haven't brought up in a while is that Ken is the one who killed Jessica. Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't all have to be directly related to A. But also there's there's the how do we say it before like dark actors dark performers mm-hmm. like look at unmasked look at this is a dark ride where there's a lot of people who are doing nefarious things but because a is basically threatened and or blackmail yeah doing so um but yeah i liked him but what my point was that i almost feel like the only way the show can be satisfactory is to have a actually be a team you know have it be like two characters oh, or like the whole town yeah yeah, it's like literally every character who's not like the five or six. Main well, there's girls. there's always that whole NAT club thing where it feels like there's some sinister organization or a benefactor within the town. Well, and the only clue that I really take from my Marlon King stuff that that drives me into my curiosity when I try to probe who who A could be isn't the whole seven letters thing, but it's the once A is revealed and like I think she said once A is revealed, let alone their motives, you will feel sorry for them. Like you understand well, I will never thoughts. ever feel sorry for Pastor Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, so He's yeah, like, but you don't understand. I was boogie boarding one time. Those goddamn liars. Yeah. <laughs> Arya's like uh, butterfly wings, uh, uh, earrings like flapped and across the world in Thailand. Mm-hmm. My life. Uh, a, a popular theory is that he's Bethany Young's father. Mm-hmm. I remember that. That was part of what I read. That would make sense. Um, so anyway, so of course Spencer missed her target. She thinks that she hit a bullseye. She's overjoyed. And she's like, ooh, bullseye. Oh, that means I won. Loser buys next round. And Colin goes and spec. And he's like, ooh. Of course Spencer's like an inveterate shit talker. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ooh, actually that was just shy of a bullseye. But good effort. And she's like, what? And she goes to investigate with Colin's well, good laugh. Well, and he's he's like, like cackling. Well, he's he's gone straight to like saucy sassy brit here mm-hmm. oh melissa did mention you were a bit competitive and she's like Arr. you know and he's like so i guess we have that in coleman too so well, she's very she, intrigued by that she's like so put out uh by like you know missing uh the, the bullseye there but it's funny and then she she picks up on what he just said and she's like uh what else did my sister mention well i think that spencer has a little bit of the what was the joke about red sonia it was like she she likes somebody who can best her, like honestly best her. <laughs> With a sword. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. And, you know, so Spencer's like, well, what else did my sister tell you? And Colin's like, uh, she said you were bright, driven, loves literature, the theater, everything in the arts, really. He's laying on he smiles and Spencer's smiling back. Yeah. Flirty Spence. And she's like, can I ask you a question? And he says, yeah, yeah, go on. So she moves a little closer and she says, did you really have those Hamlet tickets or did you buy them this morning? And he laughs like he might be busted, but then he's like, no, no, I had them. 
But if I had known what a lover of Shakespeare you were, I would have gotten them for you. And he's all up close now. It's like he's waiting for the kiss, but instead she does this like super sexy move where she reaches right past his his like head, mm. pull, yanks the dart out of the board, and then like hands it to him right in front of him. And she's like, "You're up." Because yeah, like seduction can be a game, and I think Spencer likes the idea of him working for it. Him, mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing is that she has these moments with all of her potential paramours who are not Toby. Who are not Toby? Yeah. I mean, like, well, Ren, she just works with Alex. like British guys, I think. Yeah, well, it's like it, it, it's it feels like that level of sophistication that Arya seemingly <laughs> saw in Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll cut to from that to the middle of the woods somewhere, where James Leland's car pa- drives past us on a dirt road, the same dirt road we always see in Pelo. Moments later, like Arya's a hundred feet behind. <laughs> yeah. Hold on the same road. Well, like when Spencer followed Mona to the middle of the woods. Yeah. Uh, we hear Emily say he's going in. We see Neilan's cars pull up to like a gate, like an iron gate, kind of barring visitors from an estate. Um, so Arya's car kind of pulls off to the side that's you know hardly invisible. Inside the car, there's Ezra in the passenger seat, like like getting a good look forward. Emily's in the back seat, like looking around. Uh, and Ezra's like, "Well, whoever lives here really wants to keep people out." And we hear the sound of the gate like closing or opening in front of us and we see Neilan's car driving through. Yeah. And, uh, Justin already gets a text. Their phone is like kind of on the center console. So Ezra can see what's on the screen too. Amateur move, Arya. Yeah. And it's like unlocked so you can see the yeah. text. Uh, text says, congrats on till- killing the test. Beautiful from Andrew, man, cheesy Andrew. Uh, don't be one of those guys. Yeah. And uh, Ezra looks at the phone, looks back at Arya, <laughs> kind of hilarious expression on his face. Who's Andrew? Well, the way he says it, it's like, it's so devoid of subtext that it's screaming of text. Mm-hmm. And the Who's shisher Andrew? freezes. Yeah. Yeah. And Emily, Emily says, she's like, guys, we got to go. And Emily gets out and like walks over to the gate. Arya and Ezra just stay in the car, like staring at each other for a moment, speechlessly. Like a, like a very awkward beat. Then they unbuckle their seatbelts, which to me... For some reason, that added to the the comedy of it, them both mm-hmm. buckling their seatbelts, as the family just doesn't wear hers in a car, because she might have to leap into action any moment. So they, they run out to follow her. So we see Emily, like, just managed to, like, slip in through the closing gates. And oh, yeah, Emily, back. like, just ran ahead. Well, she's like, this is great, where she's, like, walking, and then it turns into a run, and she realizes there's her moment. Uh, Ezra and Arya, like, come running up behind her, but they're too slow to make it through. Superboy and Squirrel Girl. Do uh, you know anything about Squirrel Girl? I I only know that she's kind of a joke, and but she, she's she, like, she's always ends up like beating Thanos. Yeah, yeah, she's like she's never been defeated. She's never been defeated. Yeah, just like Arya. <laughs> well, I think like you you make that joke, and like next week's Arya will have like live squirrels as earrings. <laughs> probably dead squirrels. Yeah, one of them. One of them is almost yeah. dead. So Arya and Ezra, they don't make it. Obviously, Ezra, the Ezra, you know collective here not too good at their jobs <laughs> emily's stuck on the other side now and emily's like i thought you guys were right behind me and Ari's like okay uh just stay right there and emily's like i'm gonna try to find another way on in the property or i'm sorry ezra says that well like i'm like just climb the gate <laughs> emily's like oh looks like this fence goes around the whole place and it's like i'm pretty sure you could climb this fence without too much trouble or or ezra could cannonball special aria over the fence that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, and Emily's like, look, why don't I just take a look around? And Ari's like, no, Emily, we're not letting you go in there by yourself. And Emily's like, I'll be fine. And Ezra's like, Emily, you have no idea what's who's in those woods or that house. 
And Emily's like, by the time you guys find a way to get in here, by which I mean the time you guys could climb the fucking gate, uh, <laughs> Neilan could be gone. He came here for a reason. Don't we want to know what that is? And Ezra has no response. And Emily just like jogs up the, the wooded driveway. And Ezra just like looks at Arya and he's like, okay, come on. And they like run off following the fence. Well, it's like, it's, you know, aside from concern for her friend's safety, Arya just doesn't want to be stuck alone with Ezra. Mm-hmm. But then we yeah, see seriously, that that's like a, a major component to that. Yeah. Then we see there's like a security camera watching them. Or it's just be like, Emily, can you like, you know, not leave? You know? Emily, yeah. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I gesture over. Um, it's my, like, I'm right here. Yeah. In my PLO fan fiction, Arya's like, okay, Emily. And then like gives her her gun. Well, it's funny. There's a, there's a camera watching here, but it, I feel like nobody's watching the monitor on the other end. Presumably not, considering what James Newland goes to do. But mm-hmm. if the if Farjack is A, I mean, they can hack into anything, right? Sure. Um, so it cuts to the prison laundry room where Allison is ironing away. So I guess this is Allie's like job at the prison, is like do laundry or something. I I mean I'm not fully versed. In all of the prison, like the the levels of prosecution, would they allow you an iron? I would think that. Well, I think it's interesting that the iron is obviously like stationary; it cannot leave the area because of the yeah, it's like hanging from a cable. But I would think that she would basically be in like county lockup, where you wouldn't necessarily have a job yet. You know, if she was sentenced, I I could see her like getting some kind of like you know making license plates or ironing shit. Anyway, behind her, behind her, we see this mean-looking bald chick, like, going to the door, glaring back at her, then going out the door and locking in. Allison keeps ironing, oblivious. Pan around to see the other exit where there's another chick who looks like evil Betty Page, stacks some towels, goes through a door, probably locks it. Yeah, they're all, like, sneering at, at Allie as they, like, leave. And it's obviously everybody's, like, clearing out of here, so something bad's going to happen. It's like a crashing noise, like something's knocked over. So Allison, like, looks around like she's snapped out of her reverie, knows that she's alone in there now, and she's, like... Like, oh, shit, these are shanking conditions. Yeah, she's like, hello? No answer. Just a lot of laundry. Uh, And then she hears, like, another scraping noise. She looks over and sees, like, a shadow move, like, over in a corner. And so she kind of freaks out and runs to the door. But it's locked, of course. Uh, And she looks back. We can hear, like, footsteps, it sounds like, like, rushing closer to her. And camera zooms in on Allie. She screams in terror. Somebody's attacking her. I mean, maybe. if somebody, yeah, if that happened, I would have stuck close to that iron and used it as a weapon. Yeah, I think it got used as a weapon. Uh, so we go back to the woods. James Nealon, he walks into a cabin and, like, unlocks the door while he's on the phone. And he says, yeah, I'm going in now. What's the combination? Doesn't it remind you of the con cabin? Oh, I, I'm sure it probably is the same set. Um, or Ezra's fuck cabin. Yeah. Or wherever Caleb lived. Yeah. <laughs> so they he goes into this uh, cabin here. And then we're back outside this like wrought iron fence that surrounds the property. And Arya and Ezra are having the awkward talk as they like circle the fence. And Arya's like, he's been helping me study, Andrew. That's why he was so excited to hear I did so well on the test. Doesn't exactly explain the whole beautiful comment, but no. sure. It's just trying to play it cool. And he's like, well, good to hear that he's supporting you. And Arya says, well, I got to keep my grades up if I want to get into my, I want to keep my spot at SCAD. And Ezra's like, Emily mentioned that. Congratulations. She's like, thank you. And he says, I was surprised you didn't tell me yourself. And Ari's like, Ezra, I I meant to. It's just been a crazy week. And Ezra's like, it's good to hear you're not avoiding me. And Ari's like, no, why would I be? And like, won't even look at him. 
Mm-hmm. And they stop and look around. And there's this great Freudian moment here where Arya says, you know what? It's probably best if we split up. And I think Ezra picks up on this because he kind of looks at her like, huh? He's and stunned. Arya's yeah. Arya like, well, well, we'll just cover more territory that way. I didn't, I didn't even notice that the first time I watched this episode. It wasn't until the second time that I kind of caught that, that the line, double yeah. meaning there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he nods and Arya's like, call me if you find a way in. And she just like runs away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I thought to myself, like, you'd think that she'd have a serious aversion of that because the last time someone suggested splitting up, she almost got like, you know, froze to death. But she'd probably rather be froze mm-hmm. to death right now than be like spend another minute alone with this guy. So we get this like it's ice cold between those two. Yeah, we get like a momentary close up of like evil Ezra face. But really, it's just Ezra who realizes his girlfriend doesn't want to be alone with him because this ship is sinking. But yeah, yeah. I like that the it's like they're just easing you into the scalding hot water of the end game is over. You know, like <laughs> end of Ezra hashtag. Yeah. Well, it's like the what is it like the you know some relations run their course. Maybe we should split up. It's like they're just slightly like like programming you to get used to this. This is happening. Yeah. So we go back to the jail. Uh, there's a couple inmates like sneering and staring at Allie. Allie's over on like huddled next to the, the phone on the wall. She's bleeding from a cut on her left forearm. She, has, she looks disheveled. Yeah, she looks a little fucked up. She has she what looks... appears to be a burn from an iron on her right arm. Yeah. That looks painful. She almost looks like zombie Allison who climbed out of her own grave here. Oh, yeah. And so she's got it her lawyer hot. on the line. Uh, lawyer says, hi, Allison. And Allison's like, Rebecca? And Rebecca says, are you okay? And Allie says, if I agree to what you mentioned earlier, can you promise me that they'll move me to someplace safer than this? <laughs> so it's like, uh-oh. Allie's getting to the end of her rope. She might take that plea deal after all because she's scared. She's mm-hmm. getting fucked up by uh, fellow prisoners, maybe. Well, well, yeah, yeah, maybe. It's funny is because... The first time we actually saw her in prison, or a second time, I guess, she had been fucked up mm-hmm. by somebody. That's what Toby witnessed. Yeah. Um, well, was... Toby witnessed bruises. Let's yeah. Put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Well, but, I, but I keep I... keep that you know idea alive that maybe this is all a, a long con by Allie. We we don't know for sure. We didn't see it. Because it's all in her head. Because um, the most is flat. It's dark there. Colin Spencer coming in, apparently just out of the rain. He's like, <laughs> the one time I don't carry an umbrella with me. And she's like, well, the forecast didn't say rain. He's like, this is London. We have clouds perpetually hanging over us, metaphorically. Uh, he helps her get her coat off. And uh, he's like, right. How about a drink to warm up? I'll make a brilliant hot toddy. <laughs> I think like that was the moment that they ran out of like English references. Yeah. Uh, and Spencer says, um, I should probably just sit to water and call it a night. I'm still a bit jet lagged. And Colin's like, right, I'll, uh, I'll let you get some sleep. And so obviously the line just got drawn there. Uh, but he turns on a light and we see Spencer's hair is all wet and looking a little bedraggled and sexy. And she looks and, magnificent. Yeah. And she's like, Colin, I had a really great time tonight. Thank you. And he says, so did I. Actually, it was the best night I've had in a long time. Spencer says, yeah, me too. And he says, it's such a shame you're leaving so soon. And he kind of steps in closer right up next to her and he says, London won't be the same without you. And he reaches up and kisses her and they make out. It's like, dude, Spencer's making out with everybody this season except mm-hmm. her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, I watched that the scene here and I, I thought of that saying that uh, if you're tired of London, you're tired of life. Um, Colin isn't actually as creepy as Andrew right now, though, right? No, he's not like Andrew is just like, wow, you're like crying. This is a good time to kiss you. You know, like it was it was as though he he saw that he could take advantage of a situation, whereas this is like 
they're experiencing a, an actual romantic moment here. Yeah, he Colin is working hard to create genuine moments, but then he's not crossing over the line. Mm-hmm. He's he's like alerting the Spencer. There's a line. You know, meet me halfway. Well, or like whatever. that wasn't like a romantic moment when Arya's like crying because no. she's terrified that yeah. somebody's trying to kill her brother. Well, but even Andrew, who's supposedly oblivious of that, just thinks that she's in pain mm-hmm. from an injury, and yeah, maybe not the best time to go for your first kiss. Yeah. After also having just called her a dummy because she can't, you know, name all the planets or whatever or the the three parts of the government. So we dissolve from Colin Spencer kissing to the prison meeting room. There's Allison. She's got her one elbow bandage and that pretty nasty laceration on the other arm. The guard lets Veronica Well, no, it's, it's, it looks like a burn from the iron. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Uh, the guard lets Al- or Veronica hastens in, and Allison's like, when the guard said my lawyer was here, I just assumed it was Rebecca. Veronica looks pissed. and She's like, is it true? You're taking the deal? And Allison's like, well, if the DA gives me what I want. And Veronica's like, I don't understand. Yesterday, you were so adamant about wanting to tell the truth. And I was like, well, things change. And then Veronica sees, like, those nasty, like, bruises on her. And she, like, Allison kind of moves her arms to hide them. Veronica sits. And she's like, look, I can imagine how horrible. I can't imagine how horrible it is for you in here. But taking that plea is not the answer. And Allison says, Rebecca says the jury won't believe me if I take the stand. That I have too much evidence against me. That if I go to trial, I will lose. And Veronica's like, you don't know that for sure. And Allison's like, would you be willing to take that risk? yeah veronica's like i admit you have a difficult case and i understand why you're tempted to take the plea but if hannah's innocent and you name her as your accomplice you'll have to live with that terrible lie for the rest of your life and Allie's trying to maintain a poker face here but i think she's she's processing uh, and this is with the moment in the episode when i thought could this all be some ploy by Allie to gain sympathy because we didn't actually see somebody attack her mm-hmm. we just saw her be scared but i don't know it's you know you always gotta leave that dangling you know what did what did you actually see versus what did you think you saw well you've, ne- yeah, you've never seen any of it you've mm-hmm. never saw anyone roll the cannon you never saw anyone write the your friends will be here soon mm-hmm. you never saw anyone else write told everything also allison is already living like 20 terrible lives for the rest of her life <laughs> so you know the one i only my only gripe here and i understand why they can't do it because i feel like we'd complain if they did but for five seasons now, I feel like you've wanted to see Veronica, like, in court. <laughs> this is my only gripe, is, like, she should be her lawyer. I feel like they kept... They, well, they probably they, don't want to make it too, like, convenient. Because Veronica's, like, always everyone's lawyer, so they, you know... Never, they, not really, though. She's always disqualified for some reason, <laughs> you know? Either they get off, or, like, uh, Ren makes a phone call to somebody, or what have you. But it's, like, They've in two episodes now. They've written those scenes where Veronica's basically been taken to the point where she's just like challenged and has to like take the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like Rebecca's good enough. <laughs> no, yeah, she was just in the way between Ross and Rachel. Yeah, exactly. So outside the cabin, um, and in this scenario, Ross is law and Rachel is order. Um, outside the cabin, it's night. Emily's going through the trash like a real detective. Then she finds some milk cartons, some egg cartons. I saw a funny box. thing where somebody was like, her finding the uh, the eggs in the trash can is like a harbinger of the return of egg, which is terrifying. Oh, yeah. he's a, That's his painting. That's his art mm-hmm. supplies. Uh, she, she finds the pizza box, and she finds it on the box is a receipt of a customer's name, Barjack. One large pizza, one garlic bread, and one salad. It's a well-rounded meal. 
I hope they tipped a lot, because I can't imagine this place is close to anywhere. Yeah, when you have to drive, like, 30 miles out of town and go through, like, a secluded, like, like, like recluse gate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is from Tony's Pizza. Yeah, Emily hears a noise, so she grabs the receipt and kind of hustles away from the trash area. Uh, we're back to the Marin house. You want to do the dialogue for this scene? Sure. Yeah, I told you guys we got a lot. Uh, do you have it all? I believe I have it all for this one, yeah. Okay, so Caleb and Hannah. Caleb comes in from the patio. Hannah lets him in. Uh, I guess you probably want to be Caleb, right? It's up to you. Well, you got the voice. Hey. Hey. Your mom here? No, she's in town meeting with a lawyer. Why? I just got off the phone with Toby. You just get in the dialogue. Caleb, what's wrong? Oh, did I? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just got off the phone with Toby. And? Did he tell you what evidence they have against me? No, he didn't. But he wanted me to know that a judge just issued a warrant for your arrest. Allison took the plea. I guess so. How could she do this to me? She must have been pan- or she must have panicked. I've got to get out of here. Where are you going to go? I don't know. Anywhere but here. Hannah, you cannot run, okay? They'll find you, and it will only make things worse. How can it get worse? I'm going to be arrested for something I didn't do, and there's no way out. Yes. Yes, there is. You can tell Tanner about A. I can't do that. This is who's doing this to you, not Allison. A will retaliate. A already has, over and over again. It's time to put a stop to it. This isn't a decision I can make on my own, okay? This affects Arya, Spencer, and Emily, just as much as me. Well, you don't have time to discuss it with them. Caleb, if I tell Tanner, everything unravels. All of our secrets, all the lies we told, the time we were in New York, Shauna, Arya. Well, your friends will understand. And if they don't, I'll be screwing them just like Allison screwed me. Hannah, the cops are probably already on their way here. Look, I understand this doing this will change everything for you, for us, for everybody, but I don't see what choice you have. Hannah face. The mother of all Hannah faces. Yeah. Caleb would make a good A reveal because nobody oh, suspects him. So I, I was I was saving that for some of the later scenes, but <laughs> I totally got the vibe that Caleb is A. Because well, he's, he's doing the writer's work here where he's like, in case you haven't picked up on in like the five scenes previous, but Allison's not doing this, everybody. Yeah. Well, and Caleb, like nobody would expect it because like they shipped him off to Ravenswood. Like he can't be A. Yeah. You know, but that would be very tricky of the writers to to do that anyway, because it's it'd be the last person you suspect. He's he's the only relationship left on the show, more or less. Right. You know, well, the thing I always go back to again is is a has some serious like beyond like the performance arts logistics. There's some serious like cyber voodoo there. So slays. Yeah. Like it's it's either Mona, Caleb or Ezra. Oh, well, it's like he really wants Hannah to reveal A to the cops now. But is this just a a kind of a ploy, you know, to to trick Hannah, as we'll see later? Well, it's basically it's it's Lucy in the football. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, I feel like mm-hmm. if, if he is he's holding the football and Hannah comes to kick and he pulls it away at the last minute. Um, So we see Emily like peering in the, the window there at Varjak's cabin and we see Neelan's inside opening up his safe. He's like taking out piles of cash and putting them into a like duffel a bag. Gun. Yeah, and there's also like other baggied items. Well it's it's like a like a padded envelope is what it looks like. Yeah. yeah. He takes something and then a white pad envelope and he just like sets a pistol casually on the floor there. Casually. Yeah. And uh then there's a 
like a noise that causes Neelan to look up. And so Emily has to like duck out of the way in a hurry and she knocks some shit over. And so inside, Neelan like he stands up and like cocks the pistol yes. like a badass and like comes over to the window. And he's looking outside. He doesn't see anything because Emily is like ducked down like right below the window. Emily seems remarkably calm, all things considered. Like, this is the episode where the liars are just, like, straight-up gangsters. Whoa, Emily. Emily is the one who I think... I think the show has proved that if nobody is watching her and there's no consequences, Arya is a great off-screen detective. <laughs> Hannah, we never see it. Yeah, Hannah is, like, your better, more inquisitive bulldozer detective, you know, on screen. Emily has just, like, her apprenticeship of, like, spycraft mm-hmm. has got, like, a... What was the thing in the the getting the job as assistant coach or whatever where she has like steel oh, yeah. combinations that was masterful mm-hmm. it's never going to top spencer who like whatever room she goes into to sneak into someone's desk she always has like her excuse already pre-planned and she has it, like in her pocket to pull out it's it's brilliant just getting it, a stamp yeah yeah exactly uh so outside the rosa police station the parking situation there always seems different to me yeah because the direction hannah and caleb are parked at is odd here but there it's a very cool shot where we pan over from the city hall to them in the car they're just kind of just like sitting there having a moment caleb gets out and walks around but hannah just sits sits in the car she doesn't move and i I really like the way the camera lingers on her as it like moves over because we see caleb in the background he's like walking towards the city hall for a moment and he stops because hannah's not coming i also like yeah, I also like that they changed the stickers of 2012. <laughs> yeah, so Caleb has to turn around and come back, and Hannah's like just like staring into the abyss right now. Mm-hmm. Like she's totally spaced out. It's a really cool shot. Uh, and so Caleb comes back and opens the door, and she very reluctantly gets out, and she just has these like pleading eyes. Yeah, she, but she's she's looking at him with like such wounded trust, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you can do this. What if Tanner doesn't believe me?" You have all those threats from A on your phone. She's going to believe you. And so she gives him a long hug, and he's like, you ready? And he's like, yeah. Uh, So they head on into the station. Inside, uh, not Officer Barry is sitting at the desk. It's very gravelly-voiced cop. Very funny how many people are, like, outraged that this wasn't Barry. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, who the fuck is this imposter? Jim Uh, Titus, we stand with you. Yeah. And he's like, you know, what do you need to talk to Lieutenant Tanner about? And Hannah says, someone's framing me and Allison De Laurentiis for Mona Vanderwall's murder. And I can prove it. He looks very skeptical. <laughs> but then he's like, what's your name? And it's like, well, what are you, out of town? Or, or are you from out of town or something? Like, yeah. everyone in Rosewood PD should know Hannah on site. Yeah, exactly. Well, how many, like, warrants are you going to go serve <laughs> or whatever? Yeah. Well, she says Hannah Mayer. And he like he, now he seems to recognize that name and says, hold on, I'll be right back. But I feel like... I feel like, yeah, she should have been like, you know, I'm being framed. I can prove it. And he should have been like, you must be Hannah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he gets up and walks off. And like Caleb does this thing where like he just like catches his breath. Like that was tense. You know, it's heavy. Yeah. yeah. Hannah pulls out her phone. She has that one a text up with the picture of the three blood vials and the uh, thanks for donating to my getting the jail fund. And then something pops up on her phone that says remote admin. Ruh row. Uh, and then the phone starts beeping and Hannah's tapping it confused. She's like, wait, what just happened? What's happening? She hands it off to Caleb and we see on screen all her messages are being deleted. And Caleb's like, somebody hacked into your phone. They're wiping it clean. And it's like, what? It's like all messages deleted. Nice. 
Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, not very comes back and he's like, Tanner will see you. Just you. Yes. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, fuck. Uh, so there goes your whole, you know, attempt at an alibi, which I'm not sure would have even worked with Tanner anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, they have. She's to like, know- oh, right. When I was about to arrest you, you come up with some cockamamie story about this mysterious A who's making you do bad things. Sure. Well, it's on record that you're dating a mega cyber hacker. Mm-hmm. Like we've even brought him into the police station before to like inspect his computer for shenanigans. Um, I like how Tanner becomes this like ominous presence when she's not even this episode. I mean, how many times has her name been mentioned in this episode alone? I know it really feels like she's in the episode when she's not, and just like looming over you. Yeah, mm-hmm. Anaria's car. Like, first of all, she's she's just trying to make sure justice is done. Like she's technically the good guy in the show, mm-hmm. but everyone hates her. Uh, by Arya's car, uh, Arya's like there waiting, and Ezra like comes like running back over. It's like uh, jogging. Yeah, I wanted him to like There's a lot of light jogging in this episode. I wanted there to be like that two minute sequence where he's like, "Let me just catch my breath." <sighs> I don't do a lot of running anymore. I run a pedal brew. <sighs> he's like, I circle the entire property. There is no way over that security fence unless I were to climb it. There's no way other than that. <laughs> It's the only way. I mean, was it electrified? <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome if Arya touched it and like her hair got all you know crazy. Like Bride of Frankenstein? Mm-hmm. So she sighs and she's like, okay, I'm calling Emily. She pulls out her phone and starts like dialing. So outside the cabin, we see James Nealon come out. And then he's like watching him from behind like a bush. On the, it's hard to relay the, the sense of comic timing here. Because yeah. as soon as she's like, I'll call Emily. And then we like cut to Nealon coming out. And it's like, oh boy, here it comes. Yeah. And Emily's yeah. watching. Uh, Emily's got balls of steel in this episode too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's definitely the Spencer the liars need right now. And then her phone starts buzzing because Arya's calling her. Nice going, Arya. Vibrating loudly. So Neilan turns, gun out, flashlight shining. Emily like ducks further behind the shrubbery. He comes closer, like to the edge of the bush, but never seems to see her. This guy's situational awareness is for shit. Yeah, he's like a bad like video game like NPC, you know. It's like I mean, oh, what was that? Heard noise. Oh, I don't see anything there. James Nealon, I hope you're a better franchise lawyer <laughs> than you are like heavy thug in the night. Yeah, because he he points a flashlight at that bush that Emily's hiding right behind, but he doesn't walk around it at all. The only thing still, the only thing I think we were saying this back in season one. The only thing missing from this show is for the liars to adopt the walking bush <laughs> method of <laughs> yes. hiding. Or like a trash can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in Arya's car, she's like listening to like Emily's like phone still ringing. She's like, she's not picking up. Well, she just stares at her phone like, huh, maybe I should try shouting or something. <laughs> so they, they hear the gate open and like there's Neelan's headlights. So they duck behind a bush themselves and watch as Neelan drives off. Like a moment later, Emily comes like running up before she uh, she gets the gate shut. And Arya's just like, Em, God, you scared the crap out of us. Why weren't you answering your phone? And Emily's like, thanks, asshole. Yeah. She says, that's Varjak's house. And Ezra's like, wait, so Neelan is Varjak? Fitz is like fully channeling like Fred from Scooby-Doo right now. Yeah. yeah. Like that's his new role on the oh, liar team. Just imagine trading in your, your sweater vest for like a kerchief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ezra's like, no, but he's working for him. I'm sorry, Emily says that. Yeah. Uh, and then phones beep. Arya checks her. She's like, oh, my God. And Emily's like, what? And Arya says, Hannah's been arrested. And then cut to the police station where Hannah's getting fingerprinted. Pretty sad, but resolute. Mm-hmm. And then over to London, Spencer like sits up in bed. What do you mean arrested? Where's Hannah now? And then, so, it's a great shot, though. Like the the only light 
the lighting the room is like the light from the window that's clear the rain like the rain coming down it yeah which mm-hmm. we've seen that kind of shot for spencer before but mm-hmm. we I have know, it's 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 well in blocked. the episode where she breaks up with toby by or has emily break up with toby yeah by saying that spencer is stuffing out with ren yeah and then later toby tells uh ren that his punching arm is still good <laughs> <laughs> so i get to hannah's mug shots which are sexy oh yeah also there's no way Hannah's five eight. I'm sorry. Does she have like six inch heels on? No, uh, but this whole sequence is great, and it feels like it feels inevitable. Like, like it was only a matter of time before one of them was going to end up arrested, and and that you sense that the other liars are soon to follow. Well, you know, like the the longer the season goes, I, I'm really more and more expecting them all to end up in jail. I don't know why like, Caleb wouldn't have been arrested at the same time. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a little bit. I mean, I get, yeah, the dominoes eventually fall off the other mm-hmm. three, but, like, it's not like Hannah was alone there. Well, no, the, the, we'll, we'll get to the specific piece of evidence for why she's arrested. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so at the police station, you know, Caleb, Ezra, and Ari and Emily are, are chatting us up, and Caleb's like, you guys have to show Tanner all the pictures and texts on your phones. And I was just like, if you do, she'll have no choice but to believe Hannah. Sure. Yeah. As an adult, I can say that. Yeah, that's something that would happen. Tanner's like, hey, a bunch of fake texts. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, and Emily's like, we should wait for Spencer to get back tomorrow morning. Because Emily wants her prime there for the serious business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then their phones beep. It's an A text. Uh, it says, let's all start with a clean slate. A. Emily reads it. Arya's just like, guys. Whoa. And Emily reads it, but we're looking at Arya's hand holding her phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Arya, she tries to scroll up and sees, oh, there's no more messages in this thread foiled again <laughs> that's why you never try to tell the cops about a like it never works yeah yeah and this is really we could say like caleb is, is the, the sneaky a candidate because it's like he he encouraged them to do this when he knew the whole time it wasn't going to work right uh, and Ari's like all the texts they sent me are gone and he's like mine too and caleb's like so we have nothing to help hannah well, like we didn't all see this coming <laughs> and Emily says, uh, there is something. I found this receipt at Varjak's house. And she hands Ezra the receipt. And Emily says, it doesn't have his name on it. Or it it doesn't just have his name on it. It also has his phone number. Um, should we talk about the phone number? Sure. This phone number is the same number that was in those newspaper clippings that Spencer found in S5E13. Ooh. Which would seem to indicate that Allie was like communicating mm-hmm. well I guess we should say we don't know if that was all fake planted evidence anyway but if it wasn't it would seem to be that Allie was communicating with this person whether it be A or Varjak we don't know if they're the same person or not so go back like even further than that though um, there was the whole bit after I believe was it Scream for me where uh, A basically tells Allison leave town and I kill you and then mm-hmm. a few episodes later, she leaves town. And I believe it's Hannah who points out, you guys, A told Allison she can't leave town or kill her. And then get she killed. did. Yeah. And then she did. And obviously some kind of deal had to be made. That could be related. Um, the other thing about this phone number, which may not really mean anything, I kind of suspect it doesn't. Um, if you were to take the numbers and, like, you know, s- turn them into letters, it could mm-hmm. spell out Sarah Harvey. Whoa. Which I kind of suspect that that's just the like the prop people having a little laugh. Trolling you? Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Could mean something. 
All those Sarah Harvey theorists out there, very jazzed about that. And so Ezra's like, so either Varjak is A, or Varjak is working for A. This could help Hannah. Hey, thanks, Ezra. Your input is valued. Yeah. Uh, so we get to another part of the police station where Veronica and Ashley walk out to talk. And Veronica's like, Hannah's lawyer would do his best to get her out on bail. But it might not be possible. And Ashley's like, they can't keep her locked up just because Allison said that she's her accomplice. And Veronica's like, that's not why Hannah was arrested. Allison hasn't taken the plea yet. Of course Ashley's not. Ellie ain't then, no snitch. Then why? Veronica's like, Tanner found the clothes that Mona was wearing the day Mona died. And Hannah's blood was on them. And Ashley's like, oh, shit. Well, so that's probably why they didn't arrest Caleb. Yeah. Um, where did they find the clothes? I wonder. Well, we saw the clothes being contaminated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a few episodes back. Yeah. I. So, I know this is a bit early, premature. But So, here's my two options that I would suggest to Hannah if I was Caleb. First is, obviously, A is always watching you. This is where I would do like the Jennifer Love Hewitt. I know she did that summer thing where I just run outside and scream, let's make a deal. You know, I'll go steal your your RV of evidence or whatever. Don't send me to jail. Or what deal could Hannah cut? I don't know. Ace getting what exactly what they want. I feel like A loves the the public games. The other thing I would say is they should all call Ace Bluff. Go to jail. I mean, take right, away then like, A wins. I mean, yeah. take away the oxygen there. I feel like A wants the puppets more, though. Mm, debatable. A, A can A would just do something to get them out of jail temporarily, you know. Mm. Um, so go back to London. It's the next day. Spencer's packing in a hurry. There's a St Andrews poster on the wall, yeah. just to remind you that St Andrews in Scotland, where where golf was created. Yeah, Melissa walks in in her PJs. Spencer's getting her coat on. Do you want to do this scene as well? Can we just talk first about how she has a new crazy trench coat? This is like... This, this is her London trench coat, yeah. This is like this is some like heavy-duty ball bearings on her London fog. I mean, it looks like it's ribbed for your discomfort. Mm-hmm. They love that on PLL, like the weird, punky I, ball bearings. I bearing. guess that's the fashion. Do... Seems like we've been seeing a lot of that lately. I'd like to know, is there a lot of like young women and or teenage girls who wear this fashion? Just ball this bearings? Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd cross the street if I saw these tough girls coming at me. Um, yeah, who do you want to be? Um, I don't even know. <laughs> I guess Spencer. Okay. Hey, where are you going? Home. Why? Hannah was arrested. Arrested? For what? They think that she had something to do with Mona's murder, but she didn't. Have you talked to mom? No, I, I don't want to wake her. I just want to, I'm just going to call her from the airport. Uh, look, Spencer, I understand that you're upset and I get that you want to help Hannah, but I think it's better that you stay here. I can't stay here. I have to be there for her. What can you do? I don't know yet. Look, I want to reschedule the interview. What's mom's friend's number? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Mom said you were coordinating the details. Not exactly. Okay, so who is? The interview isn't completely set up. Completely? Mom Mom doesn't have a friend at St. Andrews, but Ren's been calling everybody he knows, and he's trying his best to get you in there. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm sorry. Let me get this straight. You and Mom pretended that I had an interview? Mom found out that Allison was offered a plea bargain, and part of the deal was to name her accomplice. We were afraid she might name you. So you lied to keep me here. Keep you safe. Melissa, we just had a conversation about this. We agreed that we wouldn't have any more lies between us. I'm trying to protect you. Okay, well, the last time you did that, somebody got killed. (gasps) 
And then Spencer's phone rings. Hi. Yeah, I'll be right down. Thank you. It's my cab. And so she grabs her bag. She'll wheel her ass out of there. I was trying to help. You're not. She just opens the door, takes off, piss, lands behind her. Poor Melissa. Like, her, from her, you know, point of view of the story, she's sort of a tragic character here. Well, and, and it's like she's trying so desperately to redeem herself here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we go to the pedo group. Yeah. Um, Emily's, like, wandering around some sort of, like, little, like, reading nook area. She's wearing her work apron. And she, yeah, sits across from the old-timey typewriter and pulls out her phone. Yeah, and pulls out that receipt, the Barjack receipt. She's going to call the number on it, even though she has no service on her phone right now. <laughs> Not sure why she thinks that's going to work. Uh, and the phone rings and rings, but we cut away before there's an answer. Mm. Maybe it won't be answered because she has no service. Mm. And then we go to a park bench out on uh, the, the main square. It's daytime. This is our, like, 500 Days of Summer homage here. As soon <laughs> as I saw the promo sales for this, I was like, oh, that's where they break out. Because that's where you break out. And this was just like, it sucks when you find out everything you know is complete and utter bullshit. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this isn't The Graduate. Yeah. Ezra walks up with like a bag of pastry to join Arya on the bench. They say, hey. He sits and she's like, thanks for meeting me here. And she's looking in the bag and Ezra says, yeah, of course. I, uh, I bought you a muffin. I can't promise it's any good because I'm trying out this new chef. And it's like, hey, Arya, if it's Emily, don't eat it. Just <laughs> FYI. And so she takes the bag, puts it aside. And Ezra, he's doing this weird thing where he's like kind of looking all over the place, looking up at the sky, looking off in the distance. Like It's like he knows the axe is about to fall. He he's senses it. Yeah. yeah, he just wants to enjoy every last breath on this earth before it happens. And he says, um, so just figure out when we'd be able to see Hannah. And Arya says, no, not for a few days. She still, she still has to be fully processed first. And Ezra's like, yeah. And Arya says, and I couldn't sleep at all last night, just thinking about how scared she must be all alone in there. It's like, Ezra, or Ezra says, Hannah's really strong. I think she's going to be okay till her mom gets her out on bail. And Arya's like, if she gets out. And then it's just silence. Mm-hmm. And Ezra looks down, Arya takes a big breath, and Arya says, look, Ezra, uh, Yesterday, he asked me if I'd been avoiding you. And he's like, look, we don't have to talk about this right now. Yeah. It's like he just doesn't he doesn't want to have the conversation. He knows it's coming. He's like, oh, we don't need to do this. Uh, and Ari says, I need to. Seeing you made me realize that. The truth is, I have been. Because I know that once I say what I'm about to say, I know there's no taking it back. And Ezra's just, he's nodding, he's waiting. Arya isn't even, like, crying or sad here. Like, she's done. Like, it's a little similar to when she dumped him over the Malcolm thing in season three. Yeah, but he's taking it a lot better. This is like. He's taking was, it better, I guess. I was yeah. trying to think is this the third or the fourth breakup? Who with knows? These I mean, they break up constantly, but like, there's like, there's no tears here from either of them. It's like, it's like they've known it's over for a while and they're just like waiting for somebody to point it out. It's like, yeah. like Don and Megan. Uh, and Arya's <laughs> like, you were right. I did miss out a lot in high school because of our relationship. And although I don't regret any of it, I think that when I go away to college, I should be single. And he looks away. It's like, oh, you going to cry, Ezra? You going to cry? And he says, yeah, that's the right choice, Arya. It's like, oh, thanks, asshole. I really needed your approval to dump you. Uh, and he says, but if we're going to end it, 
I think we should do it now. The past few weeks have been so difficult, not knowing where we stood, and it's going to get so much harder if we're just counting down the days till you go. It's like, well, you know, I'm sure giving your girlfriend a quasi-ultimatum and then avoiding her for weeks probably contributed to that just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, yeah, it's just, I cannot imagine my life without you. And Ezra says, oh, I know. Like, what the fuck? I can't imagine my life without you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's my how big my ego is. Well, I think he's implying that he feels the same way, but yeah. I guess, but it's, <laughs> when he said that, I was like, wow, seriously? He's yeah. like, you don't have to. I want you in mine, too. We'll, we'll figure something out. And Arya just nods, and she takes his hand, you know, very, like, just dead on 500 days of summer shot of the uh, their hands clasped together. This is not a love story. And now Ezra's going to go meet uh, a younger girl named Autumn. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, song or something. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Also played by the chick from Friday Night Lights. Um, yeah, so then we're back of, you know, Allie in jail. There's like a nasty slash in her arm. Um, she's got like some stu- like stuff out where she's like checking it, patting it down, maybe rubbing some well, what do you call it, peroxide like on it. Doing Fresh her bandage. own like first aid on herself here. Yeah, changing a bandage. Well, it's like you really put in my head like rewatching this just now because I, I had the video going while you were talking. And it's like she... Uh, like if I was to like inflict a wound on myself to to play a story that I had been attacked, like this is the very matter of fact way that I think that I would clean it, you know, and like the slash on the arm, yeah, and like collect myself for like where do I take the story next? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing is uh, the iron burn, man, that's tough. I feel that's like I could determination. I feel like I could slash my my forearm if I had to, but burning yourself with an iron, yikes. Well, we we talked, was it last week, about who is the G. Gordon Liddy of PLL? <laughs> it's Allison. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she's, you know, bandaging up and we hear like a buzz and there's all these like kind of whistles and jeers from out in the, uh, the the hallway from all the other inmates and whatnot. And Allie gets up and walks over to her door to watch. And we see badass Hannah Marin getting walked down the hall mm-hmm. in the orange jumpsuit. And she stops right next to Allie's cell for a moment and just like this Hannah face of ultimate betrayal. Mm-hmm. And Allie just swallows hard. And Hannah looks like scared and, and just like, you know, freaked out and unsure. And she just gets pushed on down the line by the guard. Well, it's like, yeah, she's terrified. She's scared. She's feeling miserable. And it's like, and, and it's like, that, it's like the face of the person who betrayed her. Oh, and it's, it's like, I blame everything about this on you. And it's yeah. it's not clear yet whether or not she knows that Allie didn't betray her, but regardless, it's like Hannah's saying like this is your fault, you know. Even yeah. if you didn't die me out, this is still your fault. Well, in in a way, it's continuing the specifically Hannah and Allison doubling effect from the first yeah, half of the season. Like she can't get away from Allie. Yeah, she can't stop looking like her or being seen like her. I mean, it just it it's so much more brutal when you think about to the the funeral home director who mistook Hannah for Allison. The same <laughs> well, the, thing could happen here. The song that's playing here, the lyrics of the song are, "I know what you're doing here. Made your intentions clear. Oh, you, you terrible thing, you terrible thing, you beautiful thing." Mm-hmm. Uh, the I think that's like somebody in AG, this artist AG. I don't know if they have like a deal with with like warner brothers or whatever mm-hmm. but like they've been in pll like a couple times their music yeah so hannah gets marched down and 
Allie's just trying to stare hard, but you can tell she's sad. And then we hear the cell door like shut nearby and she flinches at it. Caged uh, heat. Yeah. Again, I just, I want the finale just to be the two of them on the transfer bus and it like flips over and they break out together and they're on the run. They're handcuffed together. Yeah. The great escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut to Allie meeting with uh, Jenny from friends or lawyer and, or is it Julie? I've probably said like three different names in this it's episode. Julian friends, but Rebecca's Julie, the lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca says, good news. The DA is willing to let you serve your sentence in a minimum security prison in Pennsylvania. Which, like, I feel like you can't trust the criminal justice system in in that regard. Like, it, I feel like they would just fuck you over later and there'd be nothing you could do about it. Like, the, all, all they need is your confession. Well, you know, what gets me, though, is that the, the promise here is like, look, we know that you're, you're going to be rehabilitated or whatever. You're going to serve your time. We're willing to put you in a prison that will fuck you up a little bit less mm-hmm. than the one you're in. It's not a lot of incentive on the presumed guilty sooner or later there's going to be some prison warden who controls your fate yeah and isn't going to give a fuck about whatever like paper you sign well it's and it's not it's not like an intentional science this isn't like necessarily like all people in the the corrections you know uh, industry or whatever but it seems like the type of personalities that swarm to that job mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah, I mean, what is the, what is the thing you always see in like sci-fi movies and stuff? The first duty of the prisoners to escape. There you go. I always think about that. Yeah. So uh, Rebecca opens up her like little folder and takes some paperwork out. She says, "I spoke to your father this morning. He feels it's your decision to make. I hope you make the right choice." <laughs> she slides a plea bargain over to Allie and she says, "That's the deal. Take your time. Read it over. If you have any questions, I'll be right here." After you signed it, we'll schedule an appointment for this afternoon. You can meet with the DA and tell him the name of your accomplice. Does it say tell him? It does say tell him, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, maybe Marsha Clark transferred she, or, re- or retired to write uh, mystery novels. Yes, she's just like my, my, my threat level midnight books. We're doing so well. <laughs> yeah. And Allie has, she's got her like smug Allie look back on her face now. She says, I've changed my mind. She slides the papers back over and she says, I'm not taking the plea. At a girl. Never doubted Allie for a second. She's not a rat. She was never going to rat out her friends. Uh, no A tag. That was the end of the episode, interestingly enough. Another Allison tag. Mm-hmm. That was a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Hannah's in jail now. Who knows how much longer before other liars are in jail, too. Yeah. Um, and we're we're getting close now. We, you know, this Varjak character is either A themselves or somebody very close to A. So, I mean, we know that the last episode of the season is called Welcome to Dollhouse. Like, I would love the dollhouse in question is jail. And it's just all four liars in jail. <laughs> you know, and then the mystery is like being like well, tackled joked, by the other characters outside of prison. I joked about that a while ago that like, what if the time jump is that just them all end up in jail? And it's like it jumps five years when they finally get out. Yeah. That none of them go to college. That would well, be kind of funny. I'm Arlene King's like, you know what was brilliant? The ending the Seinfeld. <laughs> That's where we start. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was to plea or not to plea. Fun episode. Next week's episode. I really like the title of next week's episode. Mm-hmm. The melody lingers on. 
That episode is a Joseph Doherty episode directed by Roger Cumble. Yes. Welcome back, Roger Cumble. Roger Cumble, I saw through Instagram, is like either involved with or he's intrigued by the fact that there's a like Cruel Intentions musical. Interesting. <laughs> Which seems so bizarre and wonderful to me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks for everyone who's tweeting and posting on our website page and whatnot. If you do want to get in touch with us, you can tweet at us at broswatchpll2. Our website page is broswatchpll2.com. If you want to listen to some of the older episodes that don't show up in the iTunes feed, you can find them there because we have done every episode of the show. Uh, and if you like our podcast, feel free to rate and review us in iTunes. We always appreciate that. We have some new reviews from uh, around the world. I went searching for international reviews I may have missed. Okay. Uh, we had a Megan21586 from Canada. Uh, she had a nice review. Assuming it's a she. Uh, HLC11111, our first review in the UK, which seems nice. uh, appropriate with all this... Yeah. Uh, Jolly old England stuff going on. Uh, and then Australia, Where's Me Redcoat, had a review for us as well. Really liked our Allison analysis. So mm. thanks for those reviews. Um, I should just let you know, I, we normally don't see them if they're posted internationally because we don't get a notification. We just have to go look. Mm. So uh, if you happen to leave us a review and we haven't mentioned you because uh, we didn't see it, let us know. Tweet at us and, and we'll definitely try to give you a shout out. Oh, and thank you for the new review. Southpaw. Yeah, yeah, new review as well. Your stateside, yeah. Really appreciate that. Uh, any last thoughts, Marco? Um, no, no. Just really uh, waiting for the melody to linger on. I love that title. Yeah. It reminds me there's a an episode of The Americans where the title was um, A Little Night Music. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit. <laughs> well, it it that's a great film noir title. But like, uh, it's perfect, though, because Doherty's other two episodes... You know, were specifically lyrics from Bye Bye Blackbird. Mm-hmm. And presumably the song is over, but, you know, the melody and, is on. You know, I don't want to spoil anything about the next episode, but uh, Kenneth Laurentis is going to make an appearance. I hope it's a good one. Oh, yeah. That will be exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll be back next time. Three episodes to go. Mm-hmm. Getting close to that big A reveal. Oh, Till then. Can't wait. Yeah. See you then. Bye bye.